everything, even if I know that I might fail. Shakira, Shakira. Hello. Hello, Merlin. Hello, Dan. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, it's Dan and Merlin in the morning. (laughs) Are you ready to rock out with your pound sign productivity out? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, I, I am excited to do this show. I'm especially excited because... You know, whenever there's a big Apple event and, and you attend it, I know that you save all of your coverage for, for this show. So I well, know we've got a special four to five hour show set aside to talk about the, the new iPhone SE. Thank you, Dan. I'm so glad you brought this up. Uh, you know, for years, it's been very important to me to live blog the event that everyone is watching at the same time that I'm right. typing about it. Yes. And this has been hard on me. I'm not going to lie to you. It's been hard on my family. There's a lot of things that are very difficult about the live blogging. It's a lot like shooting the film The Revenant. It didn't have to be this hard, but we chose to make it that way. Back to you, Dan. <laughs> we got a lot. We got a big four to five hour show. This is going to be a huge, huge week, giant week. I mean, I you know we have a lot of different approaches we can take to this, but I thought if we went feature by feature, spec by spec comparing the SE to all previous iPhones one at a time, one by one, that yes. that, would, that would be a good way to spend the time. Well, in case you missed it, I also did a video where I, I held every different phone up and I turned it on to see how long it would take. Oh, yeah. And then, and then I talked for about five minutes about every rumor about every previous phone, uh-huh. just to remind you about each of those. <laughs> yeah. And then I did, a, I did a, an interactive a day in the life of the uh, new, whatever it's called, iPhone, uh, where I walked around with it. And, uh, you know, it's really pretty much, uh, it's the old phone and it's different inside. So I got six <laughs> hours easy on that. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm pack ready. A lunch and, pack a lunch and bring a jug. Because <laughs> we're going live. Yeah. Live to Town Hall, where everyone is talking about Tim Cook's business. <laughs> now, you got a little bit teary at the end, uh... Yes. Because this was apparently the last yes. uh, town hall uh, you know, presentation ever to happen in, in the existing one because they're opening up the new facility. Uh, your thoughts on that, Care to Con? Uh, thank you, Dan. That's a super interesting question. I performed on two fam- – I've performed on some famous stages, but two of my favorite famous stages ever, I performed on the <laughs> stage where in uh, Brighton, England, where ABBA appeared for the first time to an international audience – in the Eurovision Song Contest in 1970, diggity, I want to say four, <laughs> to play the song Waterloo. Did I ever tell you that story? No, I, you haven't. If memory serves, it was my friend Jeremy, uh, the guy who does Huff Duffer. They brought me up for this, 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 this conference in Brighton. And uh, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of nervous. I'm going on stage. I realize my talk is kind of BS. It's going to be kind of a meta talk like I do, right. which I'm not that good at. Uh, and I'm getting ready to go up. A lot of pressure. These people are English. Some of them are from continental Europe. Uh, they don't like things. And uh, I was getting ready to go up. I was a little bit nervous. And Jeremy goes, uh, hey, uh, you know, uh, break a leg up there. That's, uh, that's where ABBA premiered. Uh, Ooh, no pressure. At Eurovision. I was like, you are such a dick. Yeah. Other time was, uh, I don't know, probably about 1978. I was with the Omni Group to talk about OmniFocus and, uh, on that very same, same stage. Same 78. Yeah, I was back in the day. I was back... <laughs> Back when it was, it was a different theme. But yeah, no, we, uh, me and, uh, and Ken Case and Ethan Schoonover and some of the other uh, nerds uh, talked about uh, OmniFocus at Town Hall. Alba was not there. Oh. The chairs are very uncomfortable. I don't know if anyone English was there. I know Johnny Ive wasn't there, and he's English. Yeah. 
He's about so as it's, it's been as a, it's get. been it's been a huge week. Uh, yeah, it was weird. You know, so I um, Monday is the day where I have to work a little bit. I have to record two of my programs, and so uh, I did not see it. I watched some of it last night. It was weird. It felt it was a very small event. It a little. It was like a little stage. You know what I mean? Like even the quality of sound was different. It didn't have that sonorous, like soaring right. Moscone it, it, Center it, sound. You would kind of hear the people uh, clapping or or applause or some, you know, the, like laughter or whatever. But it sounded sounded like there were about eight people there. I mainly watched to see if I can find my friends in the audience. Yeah, me too. I saw Gruber t- at least once. I think yeah. twice, and uh, I, I didn't see that many other people because it's a very small room. And the chairs are uncomfortable. Um, we could talk about that. Actually, you know, we were talking this morning about how, you know, we don't really have anything to talk about on the show anymore. I got, I got a few things to talk about. I got some follow-up. I got some pseudo follow-up. I got some fake follow-up. I've got some made-up follow-up. I have some irrelevant follow-up. All right. And I got some follow-up. Well, let's hear it. But, but actually, uh, actually. Actually. (laughs) Actually, because I'm from Ohio. Yeah. (laughs) Cash, you got to wash your measurement. <laughs> it's a big week. Yeah, uh, I might have had too much coffee this. How morning. much have you had? All of it. No, I had. Uh, I had a cup of coffee and then I had another cup of coffee. Oh. I had some smart drugs. I looked at my iPad. The new, the new one or cleaning, the old one? Oh, you know the other one. And mm-hmm. then I, I thought about cleaning the cat box, but I thought I'm going to demur. I'm going to save that for later for my special time at home. Mm. Our cat pees a lot. When I when I take out her pee clot out of the clotting litter, it's 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 like the size of a of a of a softball that's been squashed by a tractor. It's very big. She's a copious urinator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are there are those in the audience who would probably say that's normal. And there are those who would say I don't really need to hear that. Yeah, I mean, too much cat too much cat information. Yeah, TMCI. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, our cat's a real dry pooper, though, so we're very fortunate. So even if she does drop a tinky on the stairs, it's super easy to clean up. It's like somebody dropped, like, half a Tootsie Roll. It's mm. no big deal. You just pick it up. How old is the cat? Super old. Okay. Sold a bill of goods. They said, oh, it's a six- to eight-year-old cat. This is such an old cat. She's, I think... Oh, that's, that's halfway. She, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. She, she's, a, I guess, a millennial. Yeah. My, uh... <laughs> she doesn't want to work for anything. Both of my cats had uh, some kind of, I guess, kidney disease where they oh, no. eventually uh you don't want to hear about this but no that's so sad i don't like sad pet things they we had to give uh them subcutaneous fluid injections i think we talked about that once hot yeah it was pretty cool um yeah we're behind on cat maintenance we got a lot of cat maintenance you got a lot ahead of you yeah it's it's gonna be quite a journey um so yeah so she pretty much lays under the bed all day mm-hmm until my daughter, who's the one person in the house who actually would like to interact with the cat, goes to bed. And then she comes out, and she comes out into the lounge. I'm sitting there in the dark trying to watch a movie like a gentleman. Yeah. And she comes in, and she comes up to the doorway, and she looks at me, and her face goes like this. Hmm? She looks at me, and I look at her, and I'm like, what's up? She goes, hmm? And then she comes in, and she rubs her head on me for three hours. That's, which is nice. Or do you respond, or are you just sort of just sitting there letting her do it? Like so many of the women in my life, uh, she really thrives on my inattentiveness. <laughs> right. Yeah, if she you want to pet had... a cat, it'll, it'll never come around. <laughs> it's just, I wish you told me that when I was 14. <laughs> Could have saved me so much aggravation and so many cats that just you know, didn't really yeah. want to be petted. Yeah. Um, what are we talking about? Heavy, heavy petting. Heavy. So we got lots of follow-up, things to talk I would love to talk about the event a little bit, All I right. guess. We've got... Um, 
The phone is interesting, I guess. Uh, the TV thing is kind of interesting. The I- iPad thing is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I would talk about those things. You want to talk about those things? I would like that. Okay. Can we do a little bit of fake follow-up first? Of course. Um, so, uh, 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 can, I make a, can I make a request? Can I, it's not a giant request. I'm not mad about this, but can I make a request? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, if you're going to send me a link on Twitter, thank you. Because I, 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 will, I will probably look at the link. And I'm, I, I trust you, you, you people as my filter for the world. And I'm very happy when people send me things. I like it a lot. Can, can I make a request? If you're going to send me a link about something, could you give me some kind of a clue? Context. About, about what in the hell it is about? <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because I think there's two kinds. There's generally two kinds of links. There's a the kind of link that, like, if I do a link that just goes out to the world, like, sometimes that will be perplexing, and it will be what I will call a performative link. So, if I'm sitting around watching Daredevil, and I take a picture with my phone and put it up without explanation, I'm not really asking you to do a lot of heavy lifting. <laughs> if you don't understand it, you can move on, right. but you're going to see the picture, and you can judge it on its merits, right? There's a performative kind of link where you go, oh, look at me, I'm, I'm typing about my dessert, meh. There's another kind of link, which is an informative link, which is a very thoughtful link where you're sending somebody a link to say, you know, this is something, this is more information about something you've talked about. I've heard what you talked about. It interests me too. And here's a link about that. And then there'll be just like a link there. And it'll be TCO'd sometimes, so I can't see what it is. Or it'll be a YouTube thing where I got to go watch a video to know what it is. I'm not, I'm not saying I don't appreciate it. I'm saying... I, Something a little bit more than, I think this will be of interest to your interests. <laughs> I wish to subscribe to your... That's very funny. I, I, these are funny things to say. But if you're going to send me a link, just give me a little... Get, help a brother out a little bit. Yeah. I just got, I, I got a link. It was actually to a really good thing. But uh, somebody just sent me a link and it was just a link. And I was like, what? I mean, do you, I'm, do I'm you click it think, or do you not even click it? You don't want to know what I do. No, I do. I mean, I mouse over to see if I can read what the slug is mm. to at least figure out what the F it is. Because, um, you know, sometimes if you're on a, on mobile or something, you don't get, like, a card or something. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're doing the performative link and, yeah. and you're putting it, like, you'll get, like, a thumbnail for it or something. R- like right, that. right, right. A lot of the Anyway, Twitter I'm not mad cards. about it. I'm not mad about it. I'm, I'm, on the one hand, saying thank you. I really appreciate this, not least because you're actually listening to the crap that I say on one of these programs. And I, I'm very grateful uh, for that. And it's often stuff that I'm very excited to see. Uh, it's just that... Uh, Sometimes if you want somebody to look at something, it's kind of like a good subject line in an email. We're like, it's okay. You can spoil the surprise a little bit, right? Like here's, here's, uh, here's more information about why New York doesn't have a low – this is probably too long for a tweet. But like for example, like somebody sent a great note this morning to follow up on Reconcilable Difference and say, here's why, yes, it is true. They have licensed ages that are younger for people in the middle states because they have to ride tractors. So somebody actually proved that. I thought that was BS, but it's true. Thank you for sending that. And thank you for the good explanation. I think Mastodon did a decent uh, job of that earlier today. Is that the heavy metal band? Uh, Mastodon, at Mastodon on Twitter, at Mast- at Mastodon. says uh, he sends a link. Oh, look at that. And he says, another video of the four-way self-driving intersection Yes, thingy. well done. Kudos, Mastodon. Very well done. I will retweet him. Yeah. Here's another good one. Uh, Brian Audio Dynamite uh, sent uh, a link uh, that's about, you know, kind of a joke related to reconcilable differences, and I'm grateful for that. Cognitive load. We have to share the cognitive load, friends. Well, you know, my, my thought is always to make it as easy as possible for the person that you're trying, you're trying to get their attention or point them at something. 
make it easy for them to decide if they want to do that and kind of know what they're walking into when they do it. Well, and I, I'm sure I'm guilty of this. I mean, I'm sure I've sent my share of links somewhere that, that where the annotation consists of this. Here's more about that thing you were talking about. <laughs> this made me think of you. I think you'll like this. Lol. <laughs> so. That's it. Somebody I don't know thought it was funny. I guess I better look at it. Yeah. Anyway, not mad. I ain't mad at you. I'm just saying. With all that, negativity cleared out of the air. Uh, I just want to remind you very quickly in passing, Ungainly X-Men uh, meetup uh, is April 7th at Two Cats Comics in West Portal. Please come. They're saying they want to promote our show more. I said that's not necessary. There's no quid pro quo, Clarice. You don't have to do that. But they, they feel like they want to help promote the show, which I think is nice of them. Well, very sweet. They're really nice people. And in a minute, I'm going to tell you about some comics I bought there the other day. So uh, please come to that. Uh, Two Cats Comics. You can go to, you can go see in show notes. You can go, or you can go to MerlinM.com slash meetup information about that how far in are we do you want to tell me about something you like before i do the rest of this fake follow-up sure i can tell you about bench 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 i, I love me some bench gotta get some bench grab some bench why don't you come and uh, and, and grab some bench and we'll talk about it this made me think of you <laughs> bench. I, lo- I love bench 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 is the f- is the future <clears throat> i mean can we we could leave it at that mm. What has wrong with that? I mean, what more do you need to say about a company? Mm-mm. They are an online bookkeeping service that pairs you with a team of actual human beings, dedicated bookkeepers, who use simple, elegant software to do your bookkeeping for you. This is, it's genius. They also fixed up their URLs. I think there was like a, a, a partner in there. Now they just made it bench.co slash back to work is where you go. And if you go there, you will get 20% off your first six months it's affordable to start out with. Let's just say that. But it has to be more than just affordable because a lot of us are at this point where we're struggling with doing this kind of accounting work. Because if, unless you're an accountant, I don't. I think it's safe to say you probably don't enjoy accounting. I, I, once, asp- don't. I once aspired to be a CPA as a child. Are you serious? That, as a yeah. child? Oh, as a child, I was very interested in double entry bookkeeping. I really? found it very satisfying. There is yeah. a satisfaction in knowing that Things are all sort of tallied up, but yeah, like balancing your checkbook is fun if you have money. Yeah, but I don't, I don't like it. I mean, I, j- I would mm-hmm. rather just do the thing that I like doing or do the thing that that I pretend to be good at. And I don't like, I don't like the accounting part. I don't like entering stuff in. I don't like reconciling my credit card uh, and purchases made with this. That it's just, it's a hassle. And they make all of it super, super easy. And what I think is different about them is that it's not just like software where you go and like basically you just make everything work and then and you have to... They have real human beings, people who are bookkeepers, who know what they're doing, who are dedicated to you. They learn about your business and how it works and then they manage everything. And it's the coolest thing. I mean, they've got... Everything is like paper-free. So if you go and you... Like if you buy something or if you have a, an invoice or a receipt or something or a document of any kind, you can just email it to them or you can you can take a picture of it. You can send it to them. You don't have to save any of this. They scan it. They, you can upload stuff. It's it's pure genius. Like that we got a new we had to get a new screen here at the office. One of the older ones died and they saw the purchase and they said, listen, since this was it was like just over 500 bucks. And they said, listen, 
if you send us the invoice for this, we can write, put it in as some kind of expense that they can write off. I don't know how that works. They just, but like I forwarded them the PDF from where we got it. It was done. All of this stuff, but they have in-app reports that analyze your revenues and expenses. So you get all of this information all in one place, all at one time. They plug into all your different accounts. It brings everything together in one place. Uh, and it, it's super secure, 256-bit encrypted secure storage. Like everything is there. And, and you get to talk to real people when you want to talk to real people. So go there and check it out. Uh, it, very, very affordable. Uh, I don't want to say don't ever hire uh, anyone else to do your bookkeeping, but don't ever hire <laughs> anyone else to do your bookkeeping. Just go to these guys. They're great. Bench.co slash back to work. Get you 20% off your first six months. Go check them out. Thank you very much to Bench for supporting Back to Work with Bench. Run the Man. Bench. 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 Um, Bench. Bench. This made me think of you. Uh, two things from listeners I wanted to mention. Uh, I, 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 I'm, <laughs> you would think, one would think, that I am actually much more interested in watching broadcast TV on my Apple TV than is actually the case. But we do get a lot of great feedback from people. This is this is as as John Roderick and I like to say. You know, the internet is the uh, is the, is the cure for uh, the problems that it causes, and vice versa. So it's <laughs> nice to hear from people uh, about these things. I actually really appreciate this. Can I mention two new technologies? I was uh, you and I were told about this week. Yes, I I think I know one of them. One of them um, from listener Ken. Yeah, is something called PlayStation View V U E. Is that the one you're thinking? Yes. Of? Now, have you heard of PlayStation View? Uh, you know what? Yes, but I, it never occurred to me to consider this as one of our options when we were talking about it. So, yeah, it seems interesting. I'm tempted to give it a swing just for experimental purposes. You can find it in show notes. It's called PlayStation View. Uh, it is not available in Canada. Right. Uh, but I'm trying to figure out exactly what the model here is. But the idea is via a purchase through Sony... Um, you get like a ton of TV channels. Help me out with this because I, I haven't spent a ton of time on this. But basically, f- starting at oh my god, stop capturing my clicks! Stop screwing up my scrolling! <laughs> Shame on you! Shame on you! Yeah. Oh, core. When you do core, it says here you get ABC, you get CBS, you get C- so the, the the basic so one access their basic system they're cheapy. You get 60 channels for $39 a month. And that includes things like ABC, CBS, Fox, NBC, mini FXs, uh, a lot of the cable stuff. You get sci-fi, you get et cetera. For a little bit more, for $45 a month, you get 75 channels. That includes something called CSN. Uh, you get CNBC, more cable things. And then they got one where you get 100, over 100 channels for $55 a month. Anyway, you can go check all this out. And I think the way it works is you sign up with this. I guess they charge you monthly. And you get, I guess, an interface for that via your PlayStation. And I think, am I hearing correctly, that it has PVR functionality? I That's the one thing I th- am trying to find out if they have it because that would be pretty cool. I was more interested to find out that you can you can get a lot of this stuff on iOS, like with your iOS device. You can watch it on Amazon Fire TV. There's a lot of other stuff that you can use once you sign up. Yeah, the Apple TV conduit for this looks a little janky, a third-party kind of situation. But yeah, they have clients for most other things. Yeah. 
gosh, you know, increasingly, Dan, I just wonder if like if Apple TV is the best place to want to watch everything. I'm still kind of that's that's the horse I'm betting on. But ooh, you can add Showtime for ten dollars a month, ten ninety nine a month. Right. Um, does it have PVR functionality? Yeah, I, once I saw this email, I started looking that up, but I didn't. It it what it seems like is that there are some cloud PVR features. Like you, you hit it to record, but it record records in the cloud. Hmm. Really? Yeah, but I'm. I, I, I don't. I don't know. How do I control? Ken didn't back? say, did he? I don't remember. I didn't read the whole email. Uh, do shows get blacked out? Anyway, this is one option. Um, for me, you know, I might try this just for fun, just to see what it looks like. I think they have a. Uh, it says here, start free trial. It's a button. Are you doing it? And so I guess. Um, Are you doing it? I don't it? know. I think I've got to do it on the dingus. I'm going to turn it on. It's going to say, you turned your PlayStation off wrong. You better log back in. <laughs> God, what a mess. Yeah. What a mess. Why can't, they, why can't they make it easy on me? What about my needs? Where's my parade? So I'm going to try that. Anyway, I think it's an interesting idea. Uh, you know, again, though, this, we come back to our, you know, idea of why we're doing this is like, you know, for each of these new things, like you look at it and you go, oh, this is really whizzy. Like, this is kind of cool. Like, look at all those logos. You know, I can get, you know, ESPN Ocho on here or whatever. But, you know, I the last mile ends up being the key part, right? Like, <clears throat> how does it feel to, I mean, essentially, I feel like with you and me, it feels like we want to essentially replicate the ease of watching TV in 1978, the simplicity and ease and dependability of that. Combined with the functionality of a 2000s style, like, you know, PVR. Kind of? Yeah, that's exactly what we want. On an Apple TV, uh, ideally on an Apple TV. Yeah, you know, if if we could just pick the device that we want to watch it on and just watch it, you know, that's really, I mean, for me, it's the Apple TV. It's a new Apple TV. And I like that. And I just wish we could get whatever content we wanted there. And, you know, like the frustration is that it's so hard to... To, to, to make something that seems like it should be easy but is only prevented because of sort of capitalistic reasons. You know, it's, it's frustrating. They're, com- they're, such com- they're such complex capitalistic reasons. I don't know if that's exactly the word I would use, but I, I take your meaning because, I mean, there's, a fr- there's frustrations that I feel very often where, for example, <clears throat> I don't know if you saw that link going around where um, the, uh, what's his name, Sean Parker? at all, we're trying to come up with this idea of basically, in a nutshell, basically coming up with this box that you could buy for $150 and that the proposal was to have been that in association with the studios, you could watch, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> zero day movies when they come out, right? like in the theater and you pay $50, you pay $150 for this box, you pay $50 to watch the movie. And it's really been it's been very interesting to watch people's reactions to that. Though well, spoiler alert, the studios are actively not interested in that, which is a bummer on several levels to me. I'm sure they're if they ever wanted to do something like that, I'm sure they'd want to do it themselves, and they probably don't. Right? It's you know it, it, it must feel like cannibalism to do that, but it's been interesting to watch people's reactions to that because there's something like I don't know if you call it a minority, but there's been a lot of people who like me go, oh my god, this is the hugest no brainer. Like th- there were nights over the summer when I feel like I would have spent a hundred dollars to be able to watch Mad Max. Oh yeah, at the house. Yeah. There's no way I was going to be able to see it. I, I I was fortunate to get to see it in the theater months after it came out. But you know, then so there's some people who were like, you know, oh my god, this is such a no brainer. And I'll talk about why that is in a minute. But then there were a lot of people who were like, why would you ever do that? 
Like, just go to a matinee. Go to a matinee. It's like it's $7 or $9 or whatever. It's like, well, no, it's actually a lot more than that. <laughs> like $50, barely, I don't think $50 covers the cost of a babysitter for us. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, you know, you've got a babysitter's – 20, Babysitter's $20 an hour plus the tickets plus the whatever plus even finding the time. But the idea of being able to – I would say rent a movie for let's say two days. Like you can watch this over two days even. I would pay $50 in a heartbeat. That is so much more convenient and less expensive than going to the theater. And I would happily throw my money at that machine. Me too. Not for every movie. I'm not going to watch like Hotel Transylvania 2 like that. <laughs> no offense, Joe Rosenstiel. But, uh, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like for something like Force Awakens, for something like Fury Road, uh, there's been so many movies in the last year where, you know, and of course all your friends who don't have kids look at you like you're a, a hill person. It's like, why don't you just go see the movie? Like, why don't you just get, it's like, uh, you know, why, why don't I do a million things? Like, it's so much harder than it sounds. And I know the industry does not care because like I'm not the target demo. It was if it was people in their twenties that wanted this, I bet they'd be more interested. Yeah, but. you know what? That is a really, really good point. Is that if it, because we are slowly growing into a demographic that uh, isn't really the ones who spend the big money on this kind of thing? You know, we're we're not typically like parents in their forties are not big moviegoers, and that's fine because the people who are in their mid-20s are and they keep that whole and they they want to they want to get ready to, they want to start getting ready to go out at 9 p.m they want to like well where should we go i don't know i'm just i'll start getting ready now maybe i'll have a shower take a, take a disco take a disco nap after work right and then like start getting ready to go at nine yeah, yeah. start getting ready to go at nine we'll meet there at 10 we'll figure out where we nine, really want to go nine, 9 p.m my daughter's been in bed for an hour right, i know yeah. Uh, and, you know, so like it's it's a very different thing. And then, my, you know, I don't know about how early your your girl has to go to school. I've forgotten. But, you know, like I'm we're, we're getting there pretty early and I have both of the we have we have to leave the house at seven. Yeah. OK. So we're, we're you know, I'm leaving at seven and it's mm-hmm. it's early, you know, like that's early. And, and if you want to wake up and see your child in the morning, you're not wake. you know, you're not waking up at seven twenty eight to to leave at seven thirty. You're it, it takes a half an hour just to find the hairbrush. <laughs> that's right. So, you know, like, it, you know, sometimes people will have like a meetup and they're like, oh, damn, you know, we're, gra- we're grabbing drinks over here. I'm like, well, first of all, over here is that's a 20 minute drive and then there's parking. And, and you know, you're, you're meeting at six o'clock. My kids start bedtime preparations at 7 p.m., you know, because it takes them an hour to brush their teeth. So, like, I, I would love yeah. to go and do something with you, but it's just, it's not. It's not as easy as it once was. I, I'm with you. I would pay that. I would absolutely so, pay. And you're saying the device would only let, like, it has no other function except to allow you to watch a movie premiere on the day or around the time that it's in the theaters. And that's it. Well, yeah. I mean, part A, I'm sure that, understandably, they will do everything like Netflix or like Apple's, uh, you know, iTunes purchases. I'm sure they're going to do everything in their power to make it impossible to do anything with that. And, you know, I, I don't know, I, I, but B, I, I imagine there will always be some way to take an HDMI signal and do something with it. There's a reason you find so many things on the internet that are suffixed with WebDL. Like, that came from somewhere, right? That didn't come from a Chinese telesync. Like, that came from somewhere. So I don't know exactly how that stuff works. I imagine the... Uh, but, so, okay, the thing is, I'm with you. I, I'm not sure... This is an eye-rolling thing to a lot of people to go, why is this so hard? Why don't you just be patient and wait until it comes along? I have very good friends that I've gotten in you know, tussles about 
Or I'm like, you know, it's like that old joke about Fry, you know, like throwing his things, take my money, like throwing money. <laughs> and that's very unsympathetic to people because understandably, I think, especially if you're in the media business, it is very understandable for you to say, look, this, this stuff works this way for a reason. And it's, it's, it's unfair, it's unethical, and it is illegal for you to do things that work around uh, the way that people want me to be, be released. And I, I certainly respect that absolutely as, you know, for example, like, you know, Quentin Tarantino wants you to go see it in a theater because he spent all this money making a 70 millimeter version of this. I, I understand and I accept all of that. The case that I'm trying to make is a very privileged case. And this is the case that I want to make. If you look at the evolution of different kinds of media over the past 25 years, you'll, not- you'll notice certain patterns. Like a lot of it starts out as like, look, this is the way this industry works. And you are not only hazardous, uh, hazardous to your own legal health and you know, hazardous to this industry, but like you, you might, there was a case, Disney tried to make a case in their Betamax suit Basically saying that Betamax, uh, Sony Betamax being able to record movies meant that Disney would never be able to afford to make a movie again. Your children will be deprived yeah. of Winnie the Pooh if the Betamax exists. This was a thing that happened. And then, of course, as everybody knows, this is a very Cory Doctorow kind of thing. Everybody knows this now. Within something like 10 years, Disney had like six of the top 10 slots in movie sales. Now, did they make as much money the same way they wanted to? No. Nobody likes changing their system. Nobody likes moving the columns around in their Excel spreadsheet. But like, even setting aside, I mean, uh, there was a point probably when the sheet music industry really wanted things to always be exactly the same way. <laughs> Edison put out those wax cylinders with like the hugest bit of DRM you've ever seen on it. Huge amount, not DRM, but like here's the license for using this wax cylinder. This is not a new problem. But even if you set aside all those scoff laws who idiotically are trying to pay for the thing that you make, except the fact that one part of that evolution, every part of that evolution begins with a giant industry pushing back by saying, look, this is the way this is. You're, you're a scofflaw to want to, like, what? Rip your CDs. You're a scofflaw to want to use something like Napster. You're a scofflaw to want to record on your Elvis VCR, be able to, like, you know, record TV shows. And, you know, and in fact, that was, I guess that was all true. But then look what happened. Now, then you got the, eventually, the VHS sales and rental industry. And yes, there was still piracy, but somehow Hollywood survived. I wonder how that happened. Like at a certain point, like people realize we can have streaming services. Yes, that's not as great as it's going to be. But did you imagine that every year was going to be like 1999 forever? That this improbable blip in CD sales was something that you could expect to keep going up forever? Are you mental? Like all these industries change. So it starts company gets big then there's pushback then there's like litigation then there's like oh no we're gonna like start like we're gonna take this mom in michigan to court because her kid stole britney spears or whatever and then like it seems like at some point there's some capitulation where you try something or you try and build your own you try and make your roll your own hulu or whatever right but in in almost i feel like in almost every industry as choices grow as options grow as prices uh, go down as difficulty of finding things goes down they they tend to focus on one group which is the super motivated super fan 
So I'm not saying this is ideal. Like, you know, if you were somebody who could get signed to Atlantic Records in 1972 and have somebody hand you a briefcase full of $100 bills and cocaine, no, you're not going to make as much money today. But you do still have people like Amy Gruber who will pay Weezer extra money for good tickets and get to come backstage and meet the band. Like, you learn to really over-service the people who are willing to pay more. For a long time, it's like even today, you pay more for like the HD version than the SD version. I'm sorry I'm ranting, but I guess I feel like – and I realize this is a privileged like person with a little bit of money thing to say, but like it just seems like you're – eventually it makes sense to find a way to let somebody self-identify as a super fan, charge them a lot more than you normally would, but then treat them like a VIP. So we're at that at least the penultimate stage, if not earlier right now, where I'm paying – I buy a season of a TV show on iTunes right. that doesn't appear for at least 12 hours. Frustrating. Not not the worst thing in the world, but but if you were going to charge somebody $3 for an episode of a reality show, isn't there some universe where it makes sense to give that to them even early? You know what? Why not give it to them an hour before everyone else sees give it? Give it to them an hour before. Like, and I don't, the thing is, I, I'm not asking for that, but what I am saying is, you know what? I bet you a lot of people would pay $3, $5, $10. Guess what? There are people out there right now. I know this sounds crazy to you. There are people out there. If they could watch the first episode of this season of Game of Thrones an hour earlier than other people, they would pay you $100. Sure. Full stop. Absolutely. That's, because I mean, here, here's what this, le- what this leads to, though, is those ridiculous, you know, someone in China with a video camera making a terrible yeah. version of it. And then that, you know, like, there, there are plenty of people out there. It cuts, cuts, cuts the Marvel logo right off the left side. You can't even see <laughs> yes, it. That's right. There are plenty of people who have the money or who are willing to spend the money to do something like that. And it's it's funny because, like, uh, you know, these regular TV shows that we subscribe to that we, we are paying money to iTunes for because we have made this decision that I don't want to spend X amount per month to my cable company to watch two or three shows. I would rather spend a little bit of money to get that whole season because that's the only thing I want. So, like, when Game of Thrones comes out, I'm not going to go get HBO. I'm not going to get HBO now. I'm just going to buy it on iTunes. But everyone else, they will have seen it hours or days, in some cases several days, before I got to see it. I'll give you an excellent example of this. American Horror Story, mm-hmm. the latest season of that. I, I really enjoy that program, It's uh, except for the, the Witches one the season. That was terrible. But the other ones have been great. And for some reason, this show, it, it wouldn't be 12 hours it was sometimes two or three days. You're kidding. No. Before it would show up from iTunes? Yes. And I, I, there was never an explanation for this. I don't know why they would do it. But, you know, like if if you're like me and you're actually interested in, in seeing what happens each week and you don't want to have it spoiled for you, then that kind of means like you can't maybe go to some of the regular websites because like there'll be an article about it or there'll be something about So like now you're having to avoid whole segments of the internet because you don't want to ruin you know, the thing and see all of your friends like live tweeting about it while it's going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, it's a first world problem. Sure. But it's so easily solved. Like, why? Why does it take so many hours or days to get it there? And it's like you're saying if there was like a premium version where I could pay an extra five bucks or, or, or even 15 or 20 bucks for a show that I was really into that I could get it at the same exact time or before. Of course, I would do that. Of course, it's right. such a no brainer. It's such a no-brainer. I might not do it, you know, for um, Housewives of Beverly Hills, right? Mm-hmm. My wife's show. 
but I might do it for Game of Thrones, which we both really like. You know what I mean? And and uh, uh, yeah, I can tell, I can tell, I can promise you that we would do that for Walking Dead, like without right. without blinking. Well, you know, there's this is a little bit cynical, but you know, I I think that uh, it's becoming it's starting to seem less and less viable to have. Hmm. I can't I can't I can't think of every case where this is true or not true, but my gut is that having a business model that is based on deliberate mild inconvenience may not be a great go forward strategy because people can put up with with some inconvenience, uh, but love will find a way. Um, <laughs> if you imagine that, like you say, okay, for example, okay, there's these people out there. I'm going to call them the uh, RR heads, like the George R. R. Martin people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there are people who are just clamoring. They're reading every website. They're you know, they're just so huge. Like, and you think, like, wow, what if we said, like, you can, you can now uh, think about it this way. Let's say you get to stream this live with basically pausing while for like this this one you know period and then when it's released and then as a backup you know like today you can get like why do they give you a dvd with a blu-ray doesn't that seem strange doesn't that like seem like you're getting a really nice steak and then a really crappy steak <laughs> right. like, you know what i don't i'm just give me the steak <laughs> give, me, give me steak one keep steak sub two i don't need that but they do that that's the thing why do they why? do that uh, because there are people who want the dvd but and can't play the blu-ray i'm guessing right so you buy the Blu-ray, you get the DVD. Oh my gosh, what's the only original version of Star Wars that I can get? Uh, this incredibly crappy copy that's buried on this DVD that came with mm. the Episode Four Blu-ray, etc. So, okay, but so I, I, I'm going to speak somewhat candidly here. Um, there, there are statistics out there. There are ways to find out what is widely available from the back of a truck. And here's what I'm what I'm here to to posit or speculate. Um, selling a room full of nerds, uh, an HD copy of the, the, whatever, any given episode of Game of Thrones that they get to watch mm-hmm. on the day and date or early. And, and in fairness, HBO supposedly does this with their shows. I don't get this with John Oliver. We don't, some shows I feel like post the second they go up on regular East Coast HBO, but right. I don't get that with John Oliver. John Oliver, they, they treat John Oliver like a redheaded stepchild. It's really strange. Um, but here's, so here's the thing. You say like, okay, well, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you provide a way for somebody to be able to spend $100? Something, let's asinine. Put any number you want on it. Put $500 in there. What do people spend on pay-per-view? What do people pay to watch wrestlers? Or, or, or watch, uh, what's it, the guy's name? Uh, what's the Filipino guy? Mandy Patinkin. To watch one of those boxing matches. What do people pay for that? They pay lots and lots of money. <laughs> yes, right? to watch Mandy fight. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I do not think that name means I, what you think I it means. would I would pay a lot to see that. I would love to see Mandy Patinkin just go toe to toe with anyone. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh man. So why don't they do that? Well, I'm going to guess here's the answer. Because uh we don't want people to pirate it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you ready for you ready for an unpopular truth bomb? It's like the most pirated show in the history of forever. So oh, I'm not sure that's going to make a difference. Maybe that'll make a difference. But even think, think about how this model is already in place right now. And I'll let you talk about something you like in just a second when I finish this rant. Um, think about how that model works right now. So like if you never want to spend any money and just don't care, you could watch uh, China Syndrome 
you could watch the original Odd Couple. That'll come up at some point on broadcast TV with commercials. If you really don't care and you're really not, like whatever, you don't have to pay anything for that. All you pay for, you pay for your time and your attention. You sit there and you watch it. You really, really, really don't care. But let's say you really enjoy the Odd Couple a lot, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, but you, you get the basic analogy. Well, you could pony up to buy a DVD of that. You could buy it on iTunes. But you think about like, that slight convenience, slight inconvenience as a business model, it really kind of breaks at the point when this thing is actually the most desirable thing in the world. There is this huge who concert like audience trying to push through this tiny doorway and you go, no, sorry, like it's not eight yet. And I, I, they must have their reasons for doing this. There are very smart people who choose to do this, but, and I have to say another example might be something like the musical Hamilton. I'm sure they have their reasons for not putting that thing out, even though there's something like over a year sold out on that, not least of which must be that it would be quite a production to try and shoot that while you're doing you know, six shows a week or whatever. But I'm sure all these people have their reasons. I'm sure there are good reasons, and I'm sure there are reasons that go way beyond my comprehension of how this industry actually works. But as a consumer, all I can say is that I just want to put my little hand up, my little Donald Trump-sized hand, and yes. say, you know uh, – <laughs> I, I, there are more of us out here than you might think, and we're not trying to steal anything. Like we, I, I have paid an unconscionable amount of money for media over the years. I continue to pay money for things that I can get off the back of the truck. Sometimes I'll get something off the back of the truck that I know is arriving at eight a.m. tomorrow, but I want to watch it now. Like how how weird is that? It's not weird. It is weird, and I don't feel great about it. But like at the point when. I mean, think about something like a vending machine in a hotel room. Nobody nobody feels great about eating out of a vending machine, but you'll do it if you're hungry. So, like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I guess I just find it, I kind of find it kind of surprising. I wonder how long it's going to be. We already see the amount of time from release to, from, you know, theatrical release to home video or whatever you want to call it, that getting shorter. But... I don't know. I mean, how long can you wait that thing out? I'll, I'll bet you they would like to think they're going to make their own version of this, right? That basically there'll be some DC thing that you can subscribe to or you know, some Warner thing or some Sony thing or some Marvel thing. What's your thought? Why, why do you think they're not doing it? I mean, it really does come down to them wanting to support this gigantic infrastructure that exists and, and has existed and they want to prop it up. I mean, it clearly things are changing, you know? I mean, we're just not all the way there. We're just not all the way there. But it's, it's certainly not. You know, if you look at if you look at what Netflix has done with House of Cards, that that show kind of single handedly changed the way that we think about getting new entertainment, video entertainment. Like that, to me anyway, that changed my perception of it. Because when they announced that that show was coming out, and it was coming out all at once, you did all the. I was like. That's crazy. Like, why would you do that? Like, that's weird. But uh, they were paying very close attention to how people watch. I mean, when you play something on Netflix, they know that you've played it. And if you play something right afterwards on Netflix, they know that you watch one and then you watch the other. So they realize that this is the way that people want to consume stuff. And, you know, when once, you know, once I had watched House of Cards, I didn't have that much reason to keep Netflix around, but I did. Now, now my kids watch stuff on it all the time. But mm-hmm. Hulu kind of entered into this space. And it what it does for a handful of shows, obviously, it's got all of the old seasons of lots and lots and lots of shows, which are fun to go back and watch if you never watch them. Uh, but when they, they also some, uh, with some things they get like newer episodes in the bachelor, I think we talked about before 
but they get it the next day. So it's all it's there at like five right, or six. I, in I the get morning. Shark Tank. We we bought the season of Shark Tank, right? And we I feel like we get it roughly the same time on iTunes as we can watch it for free on Hulu, right? Or not enough for free, but for our basic subscription, right? 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 And so that's you know so Hulu fills kind of an interesting gap there in a way, but I don't know. Like I I lo- I just love the idea of being able to see a movie right when it comes out or, or to be able to share in that experience. And Mad Max was a perfect example. Like every single person that I knew just about had gone to see it and told me how amazing it was, told me that I had to see it. People were seeing it three times in the theaters. I still hadn't seen it once because I couldn't coordinate a, a time to actually go and see it. So where, where does this lead people? It leads people who, who are geeky enough to do stuff on the internet to maybe go and get it in a way that's not totally legit, even though, because it's like you're saying, I knew when that movie uh, was, was coming out based on what everyone said. And based on the fact that I love the Mad Max franchise, I already knew I pre-ordered it. I basically bought it on right. iTunes. The minute right. that, that it was even showing up in iTunes pre-ordered it, of course. And then it's like, what you're saying is like, well, what if I don't want to wait? What if I want to see it now? Like I totally would have been in that group of people you were describing who would have totally thrown in a hundred bucks so that I could sit in, in my, uh, my home with some family members there along with me to watch this pro this movie absolutely would have done that because I had plenty of nights free where mm-hmm. I had two hours set aside where I could do this, but it's going to be two hours starting at nine fifteen. you know? Also, you're not allowed to leave the house while your kids are sleeping. You're yeah, not supposed to do you're not that. You're not supposed to do that. And, and, but you know, this is, this is the other part of this though, is that, you know, right? I feel like, and again, this is just my own myopic view as a consumer. But it's funny because when you look at what falls, what they, what these um, studios and networks, what they all fall back on for the longest time, ends up in retrospect seeming like a very silly boil the ocean model. Like if you were going to start from scratch today, and you were going to say, "I want to create," and knowing everything we know about how people are, about how technology changes and evolves, and about what people are willing to pay for. If you had the option today, would you go and create a network TV uh, station and basically say, we're going to bootstrap like the new NBC and it's all going to be advertising driven and it's all going to be based on these like, you know, uh, like eight o'clock. That's when the SD version of this show goes up. You can watch it once. <laughs> right. And if you don't get another chance, you get, you maybe you'll catch it over the summertime. Sorry, Jack. Here's a Geico commercial. It seems terrible. Like, Nobody, nobody would adopt that today as a business model because it is – and again, this sounds classist and I don't mean it to. But like how would you ever plan to make any money off of that? Because it's really relying on people who don't want to or, or can't like uh, in, invest in media in that way. That's not – It's you're, you're really going for like retirees and dentist offices essentially. Like your, your money is going to be made on selling these – these commercials to people. Anyway, I'm just saying like, let's look at it that way. Would you ever go and try to recreate a TV network today? Oh my God, that's the most bananas idea in the totally. world. Totally. You would instead start by saying like, no, we're, let's start with who has money to spend and is anxiously screaming at us that they'd like to be able to spend it. 
And I just feel like with so many of these models, they end up falling back on a boil the ocean approach that says, no, 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 like this is the way that our Excel spreadsheet is laid out. It's the way it has been laid out for the last five years. And like, we're not going to, we're not going to upset that again. You get into something like a Disney and Marvel thing where like, there are so many interconnected franchises and properties and rollouts and, you know, oh my gosh, the, the whole reason we didn't have a Ray play set is we didn't want to spoil the movie for you. There's all these different kinds of connections. I'm just, I'm just saying like, all that stuff is cold comfort, um, when there's there's stuff going by, there is still and, and and finally, then there's the other whole thing of like, look, we can't afford to make movies like the Avengers if people aren't paying for it. And I'm like, I know, I agree, I totally agree. Yeah. So how about instead of getting a filtered down version, I don't know exactly how the cinema theater model works, but my kid and I go see a movie at eleven on a Sunday. Our tickets are seven or eight bucks, and I'm guessing some of that goes to the theater. Like the most they're getting out of us probably for that movie is like ten bucks. Like, what if excluding your costs and the bandwidth, like, you got $40 <laughs> for us to watch that movie and, like, you delivered it the same way that you would deliver, you know, like, something via YouTube? Like, that just, I don't know. I, I'm, it's something I'm going to keep my eye on because somebody's going to figure it out first. Like, you can either be five years ahead or ten years behind. Like, it's, it's all up to you. Mm. All right. Why don't you tell me about a second thing that you like? I can do that. I could do Thank just you. that. Let me tell you about Wealthfront. Wealthfront makes it easy for anyone to get access to sophisticated, diversified, long-term investment strategies, portfolios without high fees or account minimums. And that's the important part. Because we all want to start investing and we all start thinking about it and we all start thinking about how complicated it seems or time-consuming or just plain weird like how do I do that? What is an index fund? Do I just go buy stock? What if something terrible happens to the Apple stock after their little announcement? Do I have to do something or will my money be okay? Uh, what if I just want to kind of put money into a thing and know that that thing is going to uh, increase in value in a smart way with really good algorithms and smart human beings involved in overseeing it? That's what Wealthfront gives you. It's an, what they call an automated, passive, low-cost investment solution. Do you, the goal here is not like a day, it's not like a day trading thing. This is like long-term investment. You set it, you forget it, and you get better long-term results. They have uh, managing, they're managing over $3 billion right now in, uh, in client assets. That means they're managing that money, carefully reinvesting it, carefully making sure that it, it grows all the time. Even if you don't have millions of your own money, what if you only have a few thousand bucks or a few hundred bucks? You still get access to all of these really advanced algorithms, the really smart folks that normally you would never have access to, ever. Uh, it's amazing. And they do that for an advisory fee of only 0.25% per year on assets above 10,000 bucks. Well, guess what? Because you listen to this show. It's going to be not 10,000. It's going to be 15,000. It's pretty cool. So that means for life, your first $15,000 is entirely free of charge, never paying commissions, no hidden fees, and no management fees for your first 15K. Go check it out. It's a wonderful service. They know what they're doing. Wealthfront.com slash five by five is the URL to go to to support the show and to get yourself that special deal. Thanks very much to Wealthfront for supporting Back to Work. Thanks, Wealthfront. Buck, buck. 
Productivity, pound sign creativity, pound sign barriers. Uh, one of the one of the pitches in email this week was a uh, was uh, from a representative. Oh, uh, rep- representing uh, uh, someone whom I know. So that was kind of weird. All right, that was kind of weird. That is weird. I guess we could talk. We could talk about. Uh, I don't have that much to say. Oh, you know what? I have one other thing about the TV thing. Uh, there's a PlayStation View. The other thing that somebody sent us to listener Sam uh, told us about something called, called MRMC, which is Mister MC. Mr. MC, yeah. I'm here to say MC's in my name in a legal way. Mr. <laughs> MC, he lives in Florida. That's my daddy. Call me MRMC. Okay, um, MRMC.tv. Uh, boy, is this ever a throwback? This is going to remind you of the old days. This is going to remind you of like the the, plea, the pre-boxy days of um, media management. Um, so basically, MRMC is this thing you can get. I'm going to read you the description because it's very weird. MRMC is based on an award-winning free and open-source software media center for playing videos, music, and pictures. MRMC, featuring a 10-foot user interface for use with televisions and remote controls. I don't... That's... It it keeps coming up. It's a very strange phrase. It is a 10-foot user interface. Yes. What does that mean? 10-foot user interface means a user interface that is designed to be used on a television set and you are 10 feet away from the screen. So it means it's it's really, really big. I've never heard that term. 10-foot. 10-foot. That's a a big user interface. Oh, yeah. Interface like that, you don't need all at once. Nah. Anyway, uh, this is a thing that you can get for various things. Uh, You can buy it for Apple TV, which I did. I think it was five bucks. And boy, does it ever look like an old school media manager. You know, uh, it looks like, you know, Plex. I don't know. Plex is so much prettier than that stuff we used to use. Like XBMC, Boxy was kind of pretty, but they all have that basic like videos, movies, TV shows, music, right? The sections. But MRMC, it's super nerdy. I, I kind of can't believe it's even on the Apple TV. If, if you want a pretty tricked out open source media manager, uh, give this a swing because um, you can do all kinds of stuff to... Configure it to deal with like DLNA. Is that what it's called? Like it can discover local media. Uh, it has a it has a bunch of plugins. So I installed the plugin for the home run, and now it's able to actually provide a better interface for doing the home run. A home run is the thing that turns my uh, over the air signal into something network addressable. Right. Anyway, it's in notes. Check out mrmc.tv. Um, pretty interesting. Uh, pretty, pretty pretty good. Uh, that's all. That's it? That's all you got? Well, I just want to mention it because people have been nice enough to share it. I want to share the cognitive load. Um, it's, it's worth uh, giving it a throw. And, you know, if you have things like a PVR, this will interface with that. There's a whole bunch of different plugins for doing all kinds of nerdy stuff. So if you're looking for, like, if Plex is not, I don't know, powerful enough for you or you're averse to the whole... I have to be honest, as much as I love Plex, Plex really showed, showed a uh, chink in the armor. Oh, uh, it's not ping pong. What? They had a chink in the armor uh, a week or two ago. Something went wrong with their login system. I don't know if you got this, but mm. like Plex, Plex just went away for a while. It would ask you to log back in. It couldn't log in. The problem is you have to be logged into Plex to do pretty much anything. You can't even stream local stuff without being logged into the Big Daddy server. I hope this is something they will address because it is, from a consumer standpoint, an unnecessary um, point of failure. So, you know, you understand what I'm saying. Like, part of the beauty of Plex is you can have Plex installations all over creation. You can have, you know, here's my stuff at work. Here's my Plex server here. Here's, you know, Plex stuff on my iPad. All those things can work together and discover each other in a way that's pretty cool. So your friend could bring their iPad over and you can watch on your TV stuff from their Plex install. Like, it's pretty cool. Um, 
And so when the login, I don't mean to sound critical, but boy, was there ever a desktop about this. When um, the login server was not working for many hours, a lot of people were super frustrated to say like, hey, look, my media is on a drive right here indicating, and I can't get to it because it needs me to log in to the cloud, to the cloud, cloud, to the cloud, cloud. So if that kind of thing frustrates you, check out MRMC. It's it's very. It reminds me a lot of the first generation of uh, XBMC style media managers. Uh, it's got a lot of bits to flip. It's not the super prettiest interface in the world, but I think it's worth looking out, looking at. That's all. Okay. We could talk about the Apple event. We could talk about an email from a listener. You want to talk about the Apple event? Yeah, I mean, I think there's enough. Do you actually have say. thoughts on it? I do. Okay, I'd love to hear it. But so, it's, um, it's yeah. probably not what you're thinking. Hmm. Is it sexy? Well, kind of. So Apple had a big, um, pretty big event yesterday as we record this, March 21st. They announced some new additions of products in the current product line, um, some update additions and some software updates and a new-ish smaller iPhone. What right. else did I miss? Oh, they talked. They they worked in some good zingers about the privacy stuff. Right. Talked a lot about environmental stuff. It was pretty padded out. Yeah, I'm, like 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 many self help bo- health books that you can break in half and start reading at the middle point. You could pretty much go to the middle of this thing to start watching, which is what I did last night. Yeah, I don't blame you. I kind of watched the whole thing, and it's you know like I think there are a lot of people who said, "Oh, this Apple event uh, kind of sucked." I was I was one of those people in the sense that you know Apple can't Apple can't announce the next uh, most amazing thing in the whole world every single event. And they held this in their small location, which, you know, said that it was going to be a smaller event. They released basically a new phone, which wasn't that new, and a new iPad, which also wasn't that new. But, you know, this is what's more interesting to me isn't the stuff that they released uh, as much as it is just watching watching them release things and how they do it and the mm-hmm. um, the 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 pacing of it and who comes up on the stage or who doesn't come up on the stage who's in the audience who's not in the right. audience all, all the all the criminal criminology about that right and that's kind of interesting to me much more in a way than than what is or isn't announced you know i'm uh, the, the the dummy who keeps waiting for news about a macbook pro which i was pretty oh, sure macbook pro that's his laptops they used to make right <laughs> yes I was. Pretty I remember sure that those. They were... Those were cool that you could type on them, and mm-hmm. they had a screen. Yes. Didn't they used to have Ethernet cables, like an Ethernet port? Some had that. That's right. The MacBook Pro. Right. That's right. And I really those were cool. I uh, should make those again. Yeah, I really uh, have been waiting for a new one because the one that I have, I'm always at the RAM ceiling. I'm always like bo- booting up. I'm at 98 percent RAM usage, and. Uh, that's my own fault for not getting the maxed out version a couple of years ago, but I, I really need a new one. And so I've been kind of holding off on getting one to see what they're going to do this year with the new Skylake CPUs. But like I knew, I knew, especially as we got closer to the event, that that wasn't going to happen. So I didn't hold them up to that. And then when they didn't announce it, I wasn't like, oh, stupid Apple didn't announce the thing they were supposed to come out with. No, I mean, I, I knew that. Right, right, right. Uh, well, like Marco said, when you get to the point where they're talking about iPad Pros, iPads Pro, yeah. as a replacement for quote unquote PCs, you know, the temperature in the room drops a little bit. You're like, oh, you're totally not going to announce the laptop. Sorry. Right, right. <laughs> but I thought, I thought what they announced was interesting. Um, mm-hmm. It's, you know, I have an iPad Air 2 that we've talked about many times. I still like it. 
And as much as I think it, the iPad Pro, the smaller one, the new iPad Pro, would be nice, it's it's not compelling enough for me to, you know, to try to get rid of the Air and, and replace the Air 2. And I tweeted as a joke this morning, I said, I'm, you know, like I'm Apple's worst nightmare because I actually like my iPad Air 2 and I don't want to replace it. I don't know. I think I think that for people who have a very old iPad, this is a compelling upgrade. But these things are are not cheap. I mean, they're they're still pretty expensive. And, they certainly are. Uh, you know, I I guess if I if I didn't also have one already and also have a lot, you know, I don't know. I I I just think there's there's not a whole lot of excitement. But I thought it was really cool that they have the iPhone SE now because I really did mm-hmm. love that form factor and I. I think you were saying you like that form factor too. That's my favorite. The iPhone 5S is my is my favorite iPhone. So what do you think? No. Are you gonna are you gonna switch to that? Do you think? No, I mean I don't. I can't. I don't know if I can. No, no, no. I won't. I mean the bigger screen is nice. I there are actually times where I think I wouldn't. I would like having the 6S Plus, but um, what I will, I'm not sure it's right for me. But for anybody who had been looking forward to this, my goodness, that. That sure seems like a like a pretty suitable uh, piece of hardware. It you know it doesn't do everything, but it sure does a lot. Sounds like it's got great battery life. I mean you know, it's so weird. There's so much black and white thinking out there. Uh, you know where it's basically it's like either this is exactly what I expected at exactly the price I want, exactly in the time frame I want, exactly everything, or it's another failure. And it's like wow, I don't know, dude. They got a lot of stuff really right with this thing. D- do you know what I mean? Yeah, they really did. And stuff where you're like, I feel like there's stuff on there. Given that there are people who have non-iPhones who might want an iPhone, and I mean, my goodness, the price on this, if it's subsidized, it's bananas. It's, it's free, right? Isn't yeah, it free it's, it's free or two ninety. I mean, it's, I, I wish that I had this thing instead of the 6S that I have, uh, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to go and buy a new one. I, I wouldn't spend $400 on no. it. No. But, I mean... But I love the you know, form factor of this thing. I loved it. I loved how, you know, with the battery life it has, the only thing basically, the only thing it's missing is 3D touch, really. And it's got the slower touch slower ID sensor. touch ID, which I actually wouldn't mind. Um, yeah, I know. Half the I time... Miss, I, miss, I miss the slower It's one. like half the time I press the button, boom! It's like, I mean, no, no, I, I just wanted to look at the time or that cute picture of my kid at I, the Chuck E. Cheese. Like, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't mean to unlock it. I look I look like some like member of the French aristocracy in a powdered <laughs> wig because I hold up my pinky to like hit it. My pinky is is non non uh, identified non, ID. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, how, I don't follow this stuff closely because I honestly don't care. But uh, the some of the reactions I've seen to this seem you know just classic head up your butt. Somebody wants something that I don't. That must be stupid. Right. Kind of thinking. Right. Where it's like, well, wait a minute. No, stop. Think about other people out there. Like, listen. You've known about you, you, uh, Johnny Fedora. You've known about I. Uh, sorry, actually, uh, uh, Jonathan Trilby. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> anyway, uh, you sure got yeah, you know what you got money and you've known about an iPhone for a while. Congratulations, yeah. you're Zoltar, Lord of the Nerds. You win everything. But guess what? There's still guess guess who does not own an iPhone right now? People who've never bought an iPhone, right? Or, or lots like of people big... in other countries that have never bought an iPhone too. Well, well, yeah, and I mean, this is how a company works, is you make things that you can sell to people who buy what you buy, but here's the second part of that, is you make stuff to sell to people who don't currently buy what you buy. And I think one could argue that that is a huge win for getting people into the Apple ecosystem 
uh, for relatively little money. I'm, I'm not here to say that, you know, obviously you get into the, if you get into the subsidized phone thing, you're paying for the phone service, but you're going to pay for that anyway. But like for $17 a month, you get to have an iPhone. Could you imagine that? It's crazy. In like June of 2007. I mean, what was the, how much was the original iPhone? Seven ninety nine, six ninety nine. They dropped it fairly quickly, didn't they? Because there was so much so. backlash. Yeah, I, I would, I would love that to to be able to know that. And you know, there's going to come a time very soon when my older kid is going to say, "Dad, I want a cell phone of some kind." And yeah. you know, it, it's not going to be the SE that he gets because that's right now, and this is a few years from now. But you know, like something like that, like he's got an iPod Touch that he uses exclusively just just to text me just to send me ridiculous texts and videos and stuff but yeah my daughter my daughter really she loves she's very getting very into music mainly the song try everything from the soundtrack of zootopia which she (laughs) listens to for about six hours a day (laughs) i want to try everything even if i know that i might fail shakira shakira and so she wants she wants one. Um, the Easter Bunny may bring her an iPod. I, I don't know if they still make iPods, but that is a consideration. But no, you're right. The original um, original uh, iPhone eight gig eight gig iPhone eight gig iPhone was five ninety nine. This sounds right. Yeah, that's in my kid's lifetime. <laughs> and now you can get what is it a sixteen? Yeah, that you get for so you know again for people who are mostly living in the cloud. I don't know. I think that's pretty attractive. And I, I really like the 5S. I like the way it feels. I like the way it looks. I think it's so classic. I will say this. If if there is something like that around the time that the 7S comes out, which is my upgrade, I'm on the S path. If there is something out there at that time, if there is a four-inch kind of a phone out there then, then, then that's what I'll be getting. Yeah. You know, that's the phone that I will be getting because I prefer that size. I'm glad to see that Apple made a phone in that size, but it's uh, you know, it, it it it's I'm surprised that they didn't do it sooner, if anything. But so what? I mean, that's, you know, now the iPad Pro is a little bit uh the new one is a little bit interesting to me because why do you think they didn't come out with this in this size? first why do you think they came out with the the larger one first that's a really good question i can guess but it is purely a guess yeah because one question that comes to mind is and this goes for the this goes for so many things with apple is you have to think about it's all about the skews man like think about how many different skews i'm trying to introduce my daughter to the idea of skews like to understand complexity it helps understand skews you say oh well it's not that complicated they got ipads and they got iphones yeah they got ipads and they got iphones but like, if you want an iPad, is it going to be? We talked about this recently. But is it Wi-Fi uh, or Wi-Fi and cellular? Mm-hmm. What color is it? What's the capacity? Like, there's so much stuff to all of that. Because um, on the one hand, you think about they had to make a whole new dingus, but they probably would have had even if they did the nine point seven, it still would have needed to be a new form factor. They're not just going to put different guts in it, right? I, I bet it was so. to make a banger on the size, like to really that that. People have theoretically been asking for a bigger iPad for a long time. We've already kind of forgotten how long people like John Syracuse have been talking about this, actually calling it, when are they going to make an iPad Pro, like a big iPad that's really powerful? And they did that. And it sounds like it's doing okay. Like, I don't get the feeling that it's doing great. I don't think it is. I, 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 told you, I don't think it's a doorbuster in the same way that like the original iPads were. I told you what happened with mine where I um, I basically gave it to my wife to replace her original yeah, you iPad that. Air. And she loves it. 
Well, she plays music on it all the time. And instead of we had like a little Bluetooth uh, speaker job, she doesn't even use that anymore because the speakers on this thing are so good. And because she's not sitting there holding it, she was usually using it up on the countertop or at the at the table when she would sit and read. She's not. And, you know, when she would sit with it on, you know, like in, in, in front of the TV, which isn't very often, then, you know, she would have it propped. So it's it's not really a big difference for her. But for me, like I, ha- I hold the iPad a lot. I'm ready to throw this thing out the window. It's it's making me completely crazy. The big one. I love the yeah. I love the sound. I love the images. I love all of that. I like I love reading comics on it. But yeah, just even this morning trying to text with you, I was losing my mind. <laughs> I, you know, I haven't checked the numbers on this. Uh, all I noticed was it's not available. You can't order till Thursday. But my first thought was, and don't hold me to this, but my first thought was if I could sell my totally tricked out iPad Pro. And get and cover, including shipping, cover the cost of the smaller one. My gut is I would do it in a heartbeat. It would be a loss of money yeah. for sure. Yeah. But I, I'm really, I would really like to have that other one. And I don't know what I would do. Keep it around for parties. Donate it to the school. I mean, everybody out there, ask your school if they could use some stuff. And I, I say that for two reasons. Because first of all, a lot of schools could really use some stuff. Giving. Our, um, we gave our first generation iPad to my kids' school, and they were thrilled. Yeah, but I say this for two reasons. Like, number one, like think about donating your old stuff to somebody, like Gazelle, whatever. That's fine. But like, you know, if you've got a place you care about, like whether that's a school or a church or an organization that you like, you might really make their day by giving them a piece of hardware they would never buy for themselves. Um, but then I also say, do ask them about it because don't just dump it on them because it may not fit into their you know, IT policies and stuff like that. But at least ask. It never hurts to ask. There's somebody who could really, really use that. So if you can, if you can afford the money, like that's a nice donation. That's all I'm saying. Now, honestly, I, I'm very attracted. And the thing is, I always keep a cover on mine. The, the camera bump wouldn't bother me. Oh, right. Think. Like that's a big deal to people. It is annoying. I mean, I've got a case on my phone, so I don't think about it on the 6S. But it is, it is kind of gross from a classic Apple standpoint. But... So what else does it not do? Oh, you can also get it in 256 gigs. How crazy yeah, is that? Yeah, isn't that crazy? And then what else What else do you not get with it? You've got... Everything. You get everything. It's, everything the new just one? smaller, right? Yeah. yeah, everything just smaller. It's a no-brainer. And I you also get the, the thing that where... I forget what they called it, but uh, where it, it detects the, the ambient light and adjusts the... Oh, that's true. Which is a nice segue into talking a little bit about Night Shift. Yeah. So anyway, let's wrap that part up, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, I thought, I thought it was a, an okay event. I mean, unfortunately, people's expectations are so high for everything that Apple does. You know, it seems like everything, the bar for Apple events is, you know, Steve Jobs in January of 2007. Right. Like, that's a pretty high bar for anybody um, for a variety of reasons. But I don't know. I thought it was, a, I thought it was a, the, the hardware-ish things were good. You want to talk about iOS 9.3? A little bit. A little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a seltzer. All right. Tell me about it. Tell, tell me about uh, iOS 9.3. Well, with iOS 9.3, there are a few improvements and features and tweaks, but the main one, and you know, like this is that thing that I don't know why, but I always feel like after I update the operating system on my iPhone, that it seems a little tiny bit snappier and maybe that's just wishful thinking, but it seems a little bit snappier to me. Maybe it is. Yeah. 
But I, in still me- have, I still have the app launching problems. I updated on three devices. Even even after an update? Yeah. Tumblr, Tumblr. Oh, my God. Tumblr and Twitter just don't want to launch or they just hang on opening. And I, 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 for the life of me, I cannot figure out what the problem is. Have you considered like a full – I'm not suggesting. I'm just asking. Have you like considered – Like a restore? Yeah. Well, you know what I did? Um, and, you know, this is – it's silly to call this a solution because that's like saying, you know – you're you're going to get rid of lung cancer by by like removing your torso, <laughs> but I uh, I did finally say I can't take this anymore. I deleted the Twitter app, reinstalled it. All my stuff was there again. It worked perfectly. I didn't have to didn't have to reauthorize or anything. Oh right, that seemed to fix it for then. But on the iPad Pro, um, most of the time when I open Twitter. I get like the screen. Sometimes I'll get the little like weird overlay where you see the old time of the JPEG image by the new time of the yes, current time. Yes, yes. gotten that. Yes. We were like, okay, something's not. So I'll figure it out eventually. But I, the, I've gotten a huge number of people telling me that I'm out of my mind. And, uh, and then a lot of people going, you know what? I get a similar thing. No, I totally. With the, I with, with the similar thing being that for some reason, for, for no reason I can figure out, you click on the icon for an app and it won't watch, launch on a regular basis. And it's it can be different apps at different times, different things, and that quitting app sometimes makes it better. And like you said, that seems to have to do with the what the memory footprint that's left behind. So anyway, we'll figure it out. Does uh, what, what, what people were talking about something yesterday? I missed this about Safari feels snappier because of fast touch something. Is there was there some change to Safari that's faster in this edition? That's a great question. I would have to look that up. I haven't heard anything about that. Fast click or something, was it? Huh. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. What? But it feels a little speedier, so that that's good. A little bit. I think the biggest thing for me is Night Shift, which we have talked about. You introduced me to uh, to Flux or Flux, mm-hmm. which for those who haven't listened to this show recently or haven't heard us talking about it or don't know what it is, Flux is really, really cool in that it takes away the – it changes the screen of your device, and it exists for the Mac as well as for uh, iOS devices. But it adapts the color of your computer's display according to the time of day, making it warmer at night and more like sunlight during the day. And that way, if you use your computer at night – uh, or your phone or whatever, it will get rid of that blue light that we know is disruptive to natural sleep-wake patterns in human beings. It will get rid of that, and it will make it look more natural. At night, it almost has a sort of orangish color. Yeah. And my wife bought um, some uh, night lights for the house, and oh. she even switched to this cool, they make night lights that are designed to be more like a firelight in color. So instead of being like the blue light, they're more like an amber, and those are apparently not disruptive to your kid's sleep or your sleep. And so Flux does right. that, and they were going to come out with it for iOS, but Apple wouldn't let them probably because it was a planned feature that Apple calls Night Shift. Yeah, you could sideload it for a while, and then they nixed it. Yeah, but that's all right. Now we now we have it. Also, I mean, I don't mean to be a professor, actually. I have heard... I don't know. See, I'm not a researcher, but I'm, I had always heard that there was research about this, that I'd always heard that everybody knows there's lots of research on this, that basically the blue light is telling your brain to wake up because that's the color, the color temperature right. of daylight, whereas these warmer, orangish, reddish tones, uh, more like as you, you'd, you would say, like a fire, um, are telling you that it's not time to wake up. 
I, 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 I guess I'm not as comfortable as I used to be at pointing blankly into space and saying there's research about this. Mm-hmm. And I think Tim Cook might agree. Because or whomever that was, uh, Johnny Untuck shirt, when he said, uh, <laughs> and so this is really terrific. We're going to be very excited about uh, night shift, uh, and, it, and it may help you sleep better. Right. <laughs> you know that that seemed like a Cupertino-sized asterisk. Yes, but I, what I will I tell so you too. is, yeah. And so I'll be a little circusy here. Whether or not there is science about how this works, I feel like it makes a difference. Dimming the screen and having it not be super bright makes my eyes feel better. And, yes. And now, now let's just insert the classic for anybody who's ever done this. Use your iOS 9.3 device on the warmest setting with maybe half screen power. Use it that way, like in a dark room, for I'll, I'll say 15 minutes, then turn it off. And believe me, you will, it will sear your eyeballs. Have you ever done that? Like with Flux, if you turn Flux on and off, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And especially because, like, if you go away from your computer or up until very recently, we couldn't do this on our iOS device. If you were looking at your iPad or your iPhone for a little while and then you go back to your computer and it happens to be 7.30 at night or something and <sighs> Flux has already started to like tweak it's, it's it down, you're like, whoa, my gosh, yeah, what yeah, a difference. Yeah. Well, you know, in recent, uh, I'm sorry, totally took you off your topic here, but just for what it's worth, Flux is still out there and I still use it. Flux has some other things that got snuck in at some point and I didn't even realize it. One of the marquee features, of, uh, I think, of Flux on OS X is that it's very canny. It's very smart. It's very subtle. So when you go into Flux, it's going to ask you for permission to uh, use your location, right? which is pretty great. So with a combination of your location, um, basically with your location, they know what time zone you're in. They know what time it is. And you can tell Flux to start subtly altering the temperature of your screen in a way that you're pretty unlikely to notice. Yeah, you won't if you notice have lights it. on. You may notice it a little bit, but it's not like it suddenly goes orange or something. (laughs) So when I'm recording a podcast at night, uh, I will do that. But there's other settings, too, that I think you can customize. There's one one color effect called movie mode. Yeah, what is There's dark room, movie mode. Movie mode. Yeah. What what are those? Uh, So movie mode, I'll do it real quick here. It basically, it it takes it down what feels like about 50% of the orangeness, and it does that for two and a half hours and then turns it off automatically. Um, you can have it. What was the other one that you can do? Um, fast transition, sleep in on weekends. <laughs> so great. All these different settings. But uh, then what's the other one here? Dark room. I think dark room. Yeah, did you try dark room. What is that? Let me try that. Oh my gosh, that's bizarre. How oh my gosh? <laughs> I know that would take some getting used to. Wow. Dark room. How- Basically, I'm I'm just my reckon on this. It inverts the colors and makes black into what had been black into red. Who so, could look at this though? The devil. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is what is that? Yeah, it's pretty weird. Yeah. So, oh, I see movie mode. I see what, it, what what's going on there with that one. But shut that off but you know it is all, all, I'm, all i'm trying to say is that like if you think this doesn't work or wouldn't have an effect on you just as a as a thought experiment just run it for a while like very warm so read like you would like look at twitter or do whatever very warm and then go to the bottom go, go to control center and turn it off and you may be surprised at how you didn't realize how blue that screen was i think it's great i love it i mean one thing i struggle with generally i'll watch tv a little later than i should at night as you know and then when I go to bed, I, I like to read a little bit in bed, and I'll read in iBooks in the, whatever they call the dark mode in that, you know, black background, white letters. 
with any of my iPads turned all the way down, mm. it's still brighter than I would like. Yeah. My wife has told me very kindly that it, 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 she does, she's not aware of it. It does not bother her. But I find myself holding it at an angle in bed because I, I feel like such a, such a dork, like basically holding a tiny flashlight in bed. So I'm, you know, I, I did that last night and it worked great. I'm really looking forward to that because it, it's less bright also. It's not, you know what I mean? Something Jason Snell talked about when we, on one of his shows is like, is it a question purely of color temperature or is it possible that it also is partly about how bright you keep it? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I'm. I think the brightness thing is a huge part of it as well. But you're you're kind of killing two birds with one stone because you're going to get more. You're going to dim it, and you're going to get the color. So, one thing that's that's interesting. A lot of people asked me about. I had tweeted after this came out, and I said these are the settings that that I'm using. I actually, I wound up putting it toward more warm after I did this. But if you turn scheduled on instead of activating it manually, like if you just wanted to do it for you. Mm-hmm. You can have it do it from sunrise to sunset, so you've got a. It's not totally obvious. Oh, I didn't notice that. I thought it was just just straight time. Times, I right? Had, I had mine from eight to seven, but you can do. Oh, that's so cool. So okay, yeah, so that. so it it will it will your iPhone will know based on your location if you sh- allow it to do that, then it will okay. know when sunrise and sunset is for your location, and it, it'll handle that. And also, that's sort of like a flux type feature too. But it's not obvious how to turn that on. You first got to turn scheduled on. Then you've got to tap oh. the schedule for the times, and then you'll see that listed as uh, as an option there. So that's kind of handy. I don't see that. I wonder if I didn't hit to allow um, location. See, I often turn my location off. but uh, I'll tell you, dude, uh, there's so many apps at this point where I used to be, of course, access my right, this and access sure. my that. But boy, believe me, I look at it every time because now I find myself I, – I, I have a mindful moment where I sit right. and I look at my screen and it says, hey, guess what? J Random App Store wants to uh, access to send you notifications. And I look at it and I really, really – because I used to always hit yes. Mm-hmm. And now I really, really think about it. Mm-hmm. And like I imagine, like you know, even that coloring book pigment that I love. Yeah, why does pigment, that need it? Why are you sending me push notifications about new coloring books? That's so lame. You guys, you guys. Yeah. Your app is so well done and so gorgeous and so classy. It is not classy to push unneeded notifications. It is a huge turnoff. Please stop doing it because I'm sure they listen to the show. Totally agree. Did, uh, I want to talk more about this, but did you want to tell me about something else you like? Yeah, let me tell you. We're having a, a bumper crop of, of wonderful sponsors this month. Yeah, I know. A pound sign, pound sign blessed. Yeah, we're, we're totally blessed, totally lucky. Whatever deity you subscribe to, thank thank them for the great, great uh, sponsors that we're lucky enough to have. Squarespace. Sites look professionally designed regardless of your skill level. You don't have to learn how to code. All you have to learn how to do is log into a website, basically, to build a state-of-the-art, incredible blog or portfolio or podcast website or restaurant website i mean whatever it is that you want to build you don't need to know how to do anything except like create a login and tweak tweak some knobs that's it that's all you got to do it's it's absolutely crazy and you can sell stuff with squarespace too you can sell digital products where they have like auto expiring downloads you can sell real goods that you want to ship and it'll automatically do like shipping so that you can have someone come in and say i want a t-shirt and i want this I want this poster and then I want this set of uh, set of mugs and it'll automatically calculate their shipping for them based on where you're shipping to and from. And like it, it does everything. You get a free domain if you sign up for a year. It just it couldn't be easier. And we've been talking about Squarespace for forever. Like they were one of our very, sp- one of our first, very sponsors. first sponsors. Yeah. 
And they, they are really a great company and they have really great support. And it doesn't matter what kind of website you want to make, like just start there. So many times people will spend time building a website that's not, that's not in their core set of responsibilities. Like they're an iOS app developer or they're a writer or they have a restaurant or whatever it is. And they just want to make a really cool website. And then, well, I guess I got to go hire someone or, oh, I'm going to go find a, Bootstrap it used template. to be it used to be thought of as basic credibility that if you did anything in technology, that you had to make your own website too, right. and especially if you had a web service, that would be that would be considered heretical to not also make your own website, like sitting there in Perl with slashes like an animal. Right. It's like this lets you go out and make the thing that you want to make and not have to be in the website business. It's so smart and it's so great, and they continue to innovate. And you know, you don't have to worry about like, is my site secure? Like, they secure it. If you're selling stuff, of course, it's it's all secured. Everything that you want to do, they've they've thought it through. If you have like affiliate links, like I do, uh, my site baconmethod.com. Uh, you know, like I I put up some like this is the pan that I use, and you can get this kind of thing. And like, because people are always asking me what thermometer and all this stuff. So I made a little page. And some of the links were links to, to Amazon. Well, like you put your affiliate code in there and Amazon, it'll automatically, Squarespace will automatically add your, any Amazon link that you make, it'll add your Amazon affiliate code to it. Like little, little details like that that you wouldn't even think about. But they make it so easy. They make on it my, so on the, easy. On the comics page that I've got, if you go to merlinm.com slash meetup, uh, please go look at that. But at the bottom of the page, you'll see some comics that I like that I like to periodically update that, right? Add in different comics and kind of mix it up a little bit. That's as easy as going in and doing a keyword search. You do a keyword search. So I did a keyword search for Fear Agent by Rick Remender. It says, is this the Fear, Fear Agent you want? Yes. Do you want a p- image? Do you want the price? Do you want a link? And it just drops it all in. It's so ridiculously easy. But here's the perfect example. Uh, you've got on your site, that's a Squarespace site. And I'll put into the Every, show everything, every single thing on here, short of the picture of Wolverine from uh, Giant Size X-Men number one, every single thing on here is basically stock. It's like stock, dragon. And the, Goog- the Google map is crazy. stock. Like it all is just drag and drop. But if you go to baconmethod.com, also a Squarespace site, looks and feels absolutely a thousand times different from your site. That just shows you what you can do with Squarespace without doing any HTML, without doing CSS, without doing anything, but just picking a template and, and, and tweaking it. So go get your site. Squarespace.com slash back to work is the place to go. That'll support this show and use the code. It's your show. All one word to get 10% off your first purchase. Thanks very much to Squarespace. Squarespace.com slash back to work. Go check them out. Thanks, Squarespace. Thanks, Spare Squace, <laughs> as Elliot Kalen says. I finally watched uh, Days of Future Past. Oh, you you went. You said last time you'd never finish it. Never, never finished yeah. it, but I finally went and watched it. I thought it was pretty good. I like that film. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Good effects. Yeah. And the boy, the whole thing with Magneto toward the end, that was a pretty accomplished effects. Yeah. Yeah. He's a strong, strong, uh, powerful individual. He he's a very strong individual. I love I like I think Fassbender's great and I, I really like Ian McKellen as him. The casting in that movie is is pretty terrific. Now Blink is Blink I know there's an Avenger who can make portals, and I think his name's Doorway or something. But like <laughs> is is Blink a canonical X Men? You know, person? this is because she of, was awesome. I yeah. thought she was so cool. This what is a great power. I always wonder about that because they they can get kind of weird. But well, we need a character that can do this thing. Um, 
but yes, uh, she, there she is, is. She is. And if I'll put her into the show notes, I wondered the same thing when I watched the movie because it's like you would think that they would pick characters or mutants in this case who are like well known. Yeah. But no, they just, we want someone who can do portals. There's someone who can do that? Yeah, we came out with uh, one back in 94. All right, she's in the X-Men now. Oh, look at the 90s. Like there was, I mean, there are very, very, two of the funniest kinds of lists you can look for on the internet. Forgive me, Rob Liefeld. Uh, <laughs> the worst Rob Liefeld drawings. Please treat yourself to Rob Liefeld's feet drawings. But also uh, the wor- <laughs> lists of the worst Avenger or the worst X-Men ever. There are so many. Wasn't there one called like Snot? Somebody, I don't, I don't. Was it know. Mucus? There was, there was somebody who was about <laughs> bodily fluids. Wow! But did you notice she had like the little Mister Sinister? I don't, I don't know. If she's probably not related to Mister Sinister. But did you know she had a little diamond on her head. I didn't. I did not know that. I think she might be a little sinister. Interesting. I thought it was very good. You know, I love Ellen Page, but I still, I love her. I think she's such a great actress, and I, I really admire her as a, as a human. But like, I still, I still wish. Somebody else was Kitty Pride. Yeah, I know. Just because Kitty Pride like, is up there. She's up there, not only amongst my favorite X-Men characters, but like one of my all-time favorite comic characters. Like 13-year-old Jewish ballet dancing, confused, headache-having, phased through the floor, in love with an older man from the Soviet Union. That Kitty Pride is one of the greatest characters ever. With little Lockheed and up on her shoulder. Little Lockheed. You're the best X-Dragon ever. <laughs> um... So I like I like Ellen Page, but I don't know. Yeah, I I'm think? not I'm not. I mean, I think uh, Sir is it Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian <laughs> is, is wizard. You shall not pass, <laughs> Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian. Sir he Ian. is perfect. I will find that for notes. Have you ever seen that? I have seen that. Please find it. <laughs> he is fantastic for Magneto. Well, did you see when Professor X was on extras? No. When he talks about the t- tells Ricky Gervais about the script he's writing about the oh yes I love that find that turn too. around but it's 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 too late because I've already seen everything I've seen everything <laughs> one of the greatest things in the world Ricky Gervais in his English show called Extras would have cameos from people like Chris Martin right Professor X Magneto Harry Potter uh, coming on and doing something completely against type yes in every where way they are they are horrible and confusing people. And it's the greatest thing in the world. So good. I love. I love that. You know, Patrick and Stewart as like as 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 pervert was so fun. Oh, good. Do sorry, you have it? Sorry, Do you good. have these links? I'll find them right now while you're talking. I Keep think. Talking. Yeah. Well, you got to get them. Uh, as far as as far as like casting in these movies, um, I'm just generally not that much of a fan of anyone that they have cast in you're kidding in any really of, in any of these i like the acting i like i'm okay hugh jackman with you don't like hugh jackman? hugh jackman is perfect hugh jackman is the wolverine for our generation and maybe Apart from being too tall all he's generations perfect. he's perfect he's perfect he's too tall but he's other, otherwise other than that he's perfect yeah he's great and ian I, I approve of and of course picard as uh as uh picard's good you know xavier is perfect but the rest of them, like that's not how I ever pictured Beast, either old or young. Fraser oh, okay, Crane, fair, fair enough. And also, Fraser Crane's good, but also, uh, also Halle Berry is a wonderful actress, and she does a great job as Storm. Yeah, but it's really not how I imagined Storm. No, Storm I, should be way more African. I me. yeah, I always imagined like a young Iman playing her. 
sure or like uh, or that lady uh, that lady uh, in uh, uh, in the 12 years of slave movie oh like somebody yeah. who's really African like no I'm not trying to sound like you know ping pong but like that's a huge part she was a queen right she like, was, that's like, where she, she came the, that's her character the ruler background. of a nation yeah exactly her weather powers that's how it all started now how do you feel okay let's go let's go to the mattresses here <laughs> how do you feel about Famke Jansen uh <laughs> Uh, with, her, with her chunky jewelry and her cool haircut, how do you feel about her Jean Grey? Yeah, I, I got mixed feelings. Okay, not how I ever imagined Jean Grey, but I'm also trying to think of who could have, could have played her. I don't like. I get it if you look at like photos of her, and she's beautiful, but not how I imagine Phoenix or Dark Phoenix. And the way that they portray Dark Phoenix, of course, is oh my god, terrible. Oh my goodness! Terrible! Oh my gosh! Nope! 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 I'll give you one. Uh, you're not a big Doctor Who watcher. No. Uh, Karen, Karen Gillan, Karen the woman Gillen who played Googling. Amy Pond. She was also the. Uh, oh, the, the, look the, at her! Yeah, but she's she's Scottish and uh, she's oh. she's amazing. She's tall, and but she's I that that to me is like kind of what I would imagine of actresses I could think of off the top of my head. That's kind of what I imagine Jean Grey looking like. But a good age, too. Like, her, when she started Doctor Who a few years ago, would be like a perfect age for a Jean Grey to me. Right. Um, other ones. Yeah, you know, the Beast thing is, is a problem. Yeah, like, it is. Night, Night, Nightcrawler, it's a huge walked, problem. <laughs> it really looks like something from the 70s. It's terrible. Especially Kelsey Grammer. I know. He, it looks like he's wearing an Amazon costume of it's, the Beast. It's terrible. <laughs> what about Nightcrawler? I think they go right up to the edge with Nightcrawler. His performance is so good. I think... I'd like him to be a little more light blue, but other than that, I'm pretty happy with Nightcrawler. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, see, I love Nightcrawler so much. I love him. You <sighs> you would be happy with literally anyone playing Nightcrawler, though. I think, I suspect, just because so. you Alan like Cummings him so much, good. you're Did forgiving. You the young, they brought they're bringing in young hipster uh, Nightcrawler for the yeah. uh, apocalypse. I know, hipster hipster. Oh, you got that Ramos thing I sent you. Yes, right. How about the How about those X Men? Huh. I love that. I mean, anything he draws is going to be, I mean, it's so, it's exactly what you were saying, how Ramos, like, he just sort of, this is how I, I'll, I'll draw these characters like this because it's, that's what I want him to look like. This is what I want him to look like. Like, look at his Archangel. How cool is that? Or Angel, I guess. So good. Archangel was one of my daughter's first crushes. Really? It's pretty complicated. Not Angel, Archangel. Archangel. With the blue, the the blue skin. She's Feathers, Apocalypse, Horseman of the Apocalypse. Look it up. Yeah. Yeah, Apocalypse did a number on Angel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, then he, he cuts off his wings in that movie, and it's really disturbing. Yeah. Remember he, he takes a steak knife? It's a horrible scene. With He cuts off his own wings. I would love to be able to unsee, and I know my daughter would love to be able to unsee that scene. God, you remember how the movie starts out, and it's all like, it's a series of different flashbacks right. over time? It's so weird. And they do the creepy, the creepy, uh, like making uh, Serian and, uh, and Picard look young again. And their skin's like a little too tight. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. They they did that with Pee Wee Herman on the new Pee Wee Herman movie too. Oh no, it's really? Yeah. No, that's bad. Um, I don't like that. But I mean, what are they going to do? They're not going to recast them. I don't know. Can't recast them. You know what was good was uh, Michael Douglas in Ant Man. That that was that was pr- pretty good. Ant Man was, you know, I, my, no, no. I'm just saying, do, do, doing the young. On yeah. Him. Oh yeah. You know that was they good. did a good job with that. Anything would be better than the Tron stuff with the dude. Oh, that's disturbing. Yeah. 
Do you want to talk about uh, Apple TV while we're at it, just real quick? Yeah, what did you do? Did you update? Yeah, I did. I did. I mean, it's... I don't know why I ask people things on Twitter. I don't know what goes through my mind. Um, first of all, uh, yeah, you can put stuff in folders. That's really cool. It's a little bit clunky, but it works. Uh, it's a nice way to get to things. What else have I noticed? I, for one, will stand to say that I like the new scroll direction for changing apps. Yes. I wonder how many people know and use this. Do we all know that you can click on that upper right button and it becomes an app switcher? Because I, I will find myself sometimes menu, menu, menu to get back to the top. It's so much faster to double-click between apps. Uh, and I like the new direction. It's intuitive to me. I like that. And I theoretically like the idea of dictation, but I'm running into a weird thing that I'm not sure how to fix. Oh, yes, I've seen that photo. Yeah, that's my um, first time seeing that one. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Amelia Pond. <laughs> Fish fingers and custard. <laughs> when are you going to start watching all these things? you got to start watching a all these things. A lot of things I want to start watching. Oh, she's so good. Raggedy man. Um, so I like the idea of dictation. My passwords are bonkers. I only tried to do a password once and it timed me out. <laughs> really? I got three quarters of the way through my password before it timed out and turned to dots and couldn't, wouldn't let me do anything. Oh man. The problem I'm running into is I was trying to ask about this on Twitter. Like I turned on dictation. I got, have you gotten to the thing where it pops up the thing and says, Hey, we got dictation. Do you want dictation? Did you get that yet? I think i must have but it was late but you get like a hud HUD pop-up thing and it goes okay here's a microphone from now on you can use dictation to search for things do you want that and i said of course i'm not an idiot right and i I hit yes now every time i go to a field uh this is cool mostly so if i want to search you know so if you're this is wonderful because now you can go into youtube for example and i always found youtube a, a really good app for apple tv but kind of a pain to search in i ended up doing a lot of searching on ios and then throwing it to the apple tv oh but um, but now you can go into and you'll see when you when you got the text entry field you'll see the little microphone so you can just speak right into it or you can choose to type into it. What I haven't figured out is how do I use the remote app on iOS to enter passwords? Oh, because it doesn't pop up the little keyboard. No, it's not. It didn't for me, uh, and I wonder if anybody else has encountered that. I don't think it's a bug. I'm sure it's like how it's supposed right, to work. Right. Right. I would rather turn off dictation <laughs> yeah. and have the remote app back. But we'll figure that out. I think it's a neat feature, and I think it's it's nice to see them putting some wood behind the arrow. I think the Siri feature on Apple TV is really good and will get better, and I was very happy to see it. Well, it's like our Amazon uh, devices, and I, I did order the, the dot. dot, pre-ordered the dot, and I pre-ordered the dot through my existing Amazon podium or whatever. Arrives, we should. arrives in nine days. Yeah. Isn't that funny? The only way you can order it is through an existing one. It's through an existing one. You have to tell it that you want to order it. You can ask for information. But, like, I don't know why, but can can I say Echo without activating it? Is that a keyword that you can use? Oh, I don't know. I, I use the A-L-E-X-A. Yeah, that's what I use, too. But you can you can say to it you could there's so many things that you can talk to it about and there's and it's so good at just listening and doing things. I love it. I really wanted one at home, and I I, I feel like in a way like Siri is neat, but the Amazon one they, they, it just seems to get it right more often. It seems to be able to answer questions. And it's updated weekly. <laughs> yeah, it's updated all the time. It seems like it's always being updated. Every Friday, I get an email with what new stuff it does yeah. this week, and it's usually something pretty cool. 
And there's an API so that people can just develop stuff. Like some people here in Austin, we have this uh, one big Lake Travis that because we've had sort of a, a, a drought state for a while has not been full. And they actually coded something up that lets you ask if the lake is full yet. I mean, little things like that. There's a really cool hack. My kid is like super into like the late 90s Valve games like Half-Life, Half-Life 2, Portal. Well, you can you can tell your Amazon device to ask Gladys, who is the computer from the Portal games. Like you can ask questions and it will answer as Gladys. Like it's really cool. Like there's well, really neat. fun little things that people are hacking together and, and putting out there. I just I love the openness of that. And there is a huge, huge opportunity, I think, for them to pull ahead in this space by just allowing that kind of integration and scriptability and uh and 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 fun that's not really there and like like there's things about siri that i really just don't like when i ask what time it is if it's lucky enough to to understand me and answer i don't like i don't want you to tell me good morning at 9 30 when i've been up for three hours if i'm just curious what time it is you know what like that's me being silly fine but like i don't want that like kind of interaction it's not the morning to me anymore it was the morning three hours ago now it's like you know what I'm saying? Like little things. Yeah. This is well, it's a great, like, but I can't turn that off. I can't turn yeah. that off. And it's something people have been talking about a lot. I, 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 I see the benefit from a functional and brand standpoint of trying to give it some personality. But uh, without going into too much detail, people have pointed out some really interesting instances of trying to ask ask something pretty serious of Siri and it being cute about it, which is not going to help anybody. Like what? I'm curious. Well, and can sexual you share assault counseling. Sexual assault counseling. Like, you know, and Siri says things like, don't worry about it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is, you know, yeah. that's okay. Like, it's trying to be cute, but like, uh, the, but you wanted to have the, have some fake personality. So if it doesn't know the answer, it can have a cute answer. And yeah. my, my daughter has started, uh, saying insulting things to Siri on the TV and, and using curse words with it. And it, it's kind of funny, but, um, yeah, I know there's also the benefit like with the Hound app, like I feel like I could get used to Siri talking that fast because if it's just for move, passing information back and forth, you know what I mean? It's just that, you know, Siri, I'm still not sure where it's going, but yeah, I don't know. I um to your point though about the Echo, it um it's it it really is they're serious about this thing. It's the the what we are well, I feel like what we are seeing with Amazon and the uh their Echo device is what I'd love to see with more devices. Can you imagine, like, not, I'm not just talking about, like, those annoying weekly updates you get in the App Store that are all about rating the app. Right. You know, uh, bug fixes and enhancements. Please make sure to rate the app. Yeah, we'll eat a bag of apps. Um, but with the Echo, I really feel like they are they are actively developing this thing in a way you don't see with that many big companies anymore. Like active development, like new API stuff, new functionality. Like, I don't know. I think, you know, you can say what you want about, oh, Amazon's creepy and all they want to do is sell you stuff. Yeah, it's called an American company. You can go look at Wikipedia for what that means. They have made it extremely easy. I can go and like refill orders from the past by talking to this dingus. Like if you don't think that's useful or clever, this is not the device for you. But if you could like step out of your your zone for a minute, that's extremely powerful. That's something if you told like 12-year-old you that that would be possible someday, you'd be freaking out. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. There was this uh, – there was a something on a, a Kickstarter that came out 
that had these little, they were little dinosaurs. They didn't move or anything. They were just like plastic molded, shaped like a stegosaurus type dinosaur, you know. And they plugged into Wi-Fi connectivity to IBM's Watson or one of these, one of, I think it was IBM's like language parser and knowledge base or whatever. And they came out with these things for, you know, it was ideally, it was supposed to be geared toward kids and it would talk to the kid and it would use their name and it would answer questions for them and it would quiz them and play verbal games with them and it would get more challenging as the kid got older and smarter. And so, you know, like it was another one of these Kickstarters that I was interested in, but then inevitably it just kept getting delayed and delayed. I don't know if they've ever shipped or not, but I was kind of disappointed when these things got delayed and I thought oh, I wanted to get them for, you know, the kid for a holiday uh, present, like around, around Christmas. And then I'm like, well, you know, the Amazon is pretty fun and it's really good at answering these questions and it does a lot of other things and it's here and it works and it's backed by Amazon. So like, why wouldn't we just get one of those? You mm -hmm. know, I don't, I, I, I thought that it was kind of weird as like a standalone device, but I, it's really grown on me. I got I got one like immediately, like the first day that they were are available, and I'm really happy with it. I really like this thing. Like I didn't think I would like it as much as I do. Well, yeah, I was talking to Jim about this a couple of weeks ago. I think it's, and you know, his his uh, Jim is fairly conservative about a lot of new kinds of technologies. I think, especially outside of the Apple world, and, yeah. You know, he says, "Oh, you know, it's really all about habit and how I like to do things." And my retort was, "Well, that's true, but that's just because you haven't changed the way you're doing things or tried changing your habits." If you look at again, let's in the same way that we were talking about, like, would you start a TV network based on what you know today and the climate today? Well, the answer is obviously no. Right. If you didn't have the massive a lead of 40 years of already doing that, like you would never start a company like that today. Well, that's forward thinking. Forward thinking is not going like, how can I make this palatable to somebody in their 40s? It's about saying like, how is this going to be something people are going to want to use five years from now? And I'm not trying to be a futurist, but I, but I think that's the way to look at this is it's really easy to bag on this stuff and go, that's so silly. Why wouldn't I just want to do it this way? Well, there's no reason for you not to do it that way and your life your quality of life is not actually diminished by somebody else being interested in this technology that doesn't harm you but also you know just remember like this is a very again like a, a thing john syracuse really has me thinking about the infinite time scale idea which may or may not be an actual quote from him eventually everything will happen like eventually <laughs> eventually there will be a new file system for os 10 right either os 10 will go away Altogether, the Macs will go away or there will be a new file system. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when and how. And if you change your thinking from that will never happen, VR, virtual reality is pointless. We, for 20 years, we've been bored to death with all this crap and all these goggles. Nobody's ever going to use virtual reality. Right, never. Okay, do you maybe want to bet like five bucks on that? Because I'll bet you something like virtual reality in the next millennium will appear. Right. Like you, 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 you cannot even fathom a future where something like what we currently stupidly call virtual reality exists. How can you not? Like, like you know, your, I mean, your, your, your keys are smarter. Your house is smarter. Everything's going to have a chip in it. And I'm just saying. So, like, all I'm trying to say is, like, to the folks who go, like, why would I ever use that? And that's so creepy. It's like, well, I get that, but if you. If you try it and give it a chance, you might be really surprised. And it's also a nice feeling. This is a little bit heretical, but it's a nice feeling to have a device 
that is improved almost every time you use it or at least iterated and tweaked. Right. That's the genius part is if you if you don't if you think of this as just like a microphone and a speaker and a Wi-Fi connectivity to this greater thing that's out there, this sort of intelligence that can be and is being augmented and improved and changed and tweaked every week or every day. You know, like that's something that's uh, to me shows the promise of this kind of technology and I I'm really hopeful about it because we've talked about like my dream personal digital assistant that just understands things that are going on and can easily just get the context of, you know, we talked about this too, like the context of a conversation, understanding that and being able to respond to that and being able to like moving from dictation into like uh, filtering yeah. Smart smart filtering and then smart actions based upon what it knows are actually important real things. Right. Right. Well, I and mean, we're also- getting we are getting there. We have this device that has the potential to listen and understand to human beings and to, to you know, with what Hound demonstrated that we talked about last week where you can say, "Oh, you know, how many people are in New York?" and they can tell you and it can say, "Oh, what what's the weather like there?" It's starting very early to get the concept of that. And there's no reason why, for example, uh, we couldn't have a machine like this that's listening that would understand, well, th- when when I speak, it knows my voice. But when my wife says something, it knows that. And when my kids say something, it, it can identify who's saying what. And, right. you know, setting little little things as simple as like, remind me to go and get this at this time. And it, it could do that, you know, and having uh, something that that's all connected and integrated in that way we're so close to it and we're like you're saying like we'll look back on these early attempts at this in just just a few years a friend of mine was pointing out to me that like in 2006 there were no iphones there were no iphones and in 2007 we had an iphone that by our standards today was a piece of crap that couldn't do anything but Nobody is going to buy a phone that doesn't have a hardware keyboard. That's right. But it's it, not going to happen. It's impossible. Look at look at the, the success of BlackBerry. <laughs> how could you even how could you even have the temerity to imagine a future where somebody, a, an actual adult, would use would be tapping on a piece of glass? It's crazy. Yeah, and that was just a few years ago. You know, it was. Just, there's a book. My mom got some book for my uh, for my little girl. It's a some story. There's some boy who gets to take care of a pug for a, a couple of days, and it he's got, you know, the book looked really old. And when I opened the book and read it, I'm like, oh man, look at how old his smartphone is. Like this book's ancient. <laughs> and, and like the little kids holding a smartphone, talking to his aunt about their dog. You know, like it's it's. The idea I, I showed uh, my son some of the scenes from uh, from the Matrix over the weekend. The Matrix only works if with you payphones. know what a payphone is, and like he's never sees like what is that? I'm like you don't know what that is. He's like oh right. He's like that has a phone in it. That's from the old days before people like had their own phones. And I'm like, yeah, well, well, people we, have their own phones in the movie too. He's like, what? Why do they need this? Like the idea of there being like a hardwired phone, and and that that might do, that somehow was different and significant in a way and useful for the plot. Like it, there's a huge disconnect. Like he's still like the karate and kung karate kung fu scenes and stuff, but 
it's like the concept of there. I need to make a call. I'm going to go to where a phone is to do that. Like I'm, I can't just make a call from here. I have to go to where there's a physical box that shuts out the outside world's noise. Yeah, yeah. And then put put, put a coin into a box. Right. I'm putting w- coins. To use, to, to, to use, make a phone call, you have to put a coin in a box. Yeah. I mean, like, of course, of course we'll use VR. Of course VR will play significantly into our daily life. We just don't know how yet. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, just to reiterate, just as a thought experiment, like, say to yourself, you know, what if, just for fun, like, as a thought experiment, uh, what if I stopped saying if and I started wondering when and how? That is a much more interesting way to live your life. Oh, yeah. Is to, is to stop saying that will never happen. That will never happen. To so then, like, well, if maybe that won't happen exactly like that, but what if something like that could happen? When will that happen? If it happens, how will it happen? And it's still a thought experiment, but it's a, it makes you a far more interesting person person than just being on the wrong side of history about what's what what is impossible to have happen. Right. Finally, on this one little bit, just and then we can go on. I want to hear what you like, but uh, boy, think about this, like. If you were a developer, even in the sense of being a developer who can just build a basic app around an API, like who's sending a better message to their app building community right now? Amazon or Apple? Oh, Amazon by a a thousand miles. Who would have guessed that five years ago? I know it's really crazy, but when you think about it. We're hungry. We are hungry. We're desperate for you to make amazing apps and put these on here. Yes. versus like something something you're in review we're not sure why like here's a reason they talked about this on um the podcast that marker does with uh, underscore david smith talking about concrete ways not just bitching but concrete ways to improve the mac app store and app stores in general and they were just like saying like for one thing like the sympathy that you must have there are there's like millions of apps on the app store now yeah there's something like two thousand new apps a day (laughs) so that two apps two thousand apps that make it onto the store every day so imagine what kind of staff it takes with reviews of existing apps, approving apps that get on, and then can you even how do you even guess how many apps don't get on the app store and they yeah, have to really. review all of those? That's really crazy to think about. We're running long. Would you tell me about one more thing that you like? I can tell you about our friends over at GoToWebinar. Because this is very useful for people who are trying to grow their business. You know what? The leads are weak. You're weak. You're weak. It means you're wanting. <laughs> Go to, Citrix GoToWebinar <laughs> will help you get and use really, really good leads. This is the way that this works. If you want to give like an online presentation, a seminar, a webinar, if you will, this is the kind of thing that like this happens a lot. And you'll be surprised because eventually in your business, once you get more than like one client or you want to get a few clients together or you want to reach out to your subscriber base or to your listeners or to do something cool for the people who are supporting you by buying the stuff that you sell or donating to the thing that you do, this is a wonderful, wonderful way to present to them, to share to them. Basically, in a nutshell, you're going to launch GoToWebinar and all you have to do is click a button. You're going to be able to stream your video. You're going to be able to share your screen. If you've got a presentation you can you, you can you, you want to do, you can give it right over this thing. 
everything gets up and running. You can even practice like beforehand. And what's nice is it records this whole thing so that if you want to share this with people, people couldn't show up or they were too busy or they're in a different time zone. No big deal. Like you can share this with them and they get to see it. And they also, what the people who are there, the people who are uh, viewing this thing live while you're doing it, they get on-screen polls, they get interactive surveys, they get real-time engagement feedback. You can turn this list of attendees into qualified sales leads for you, or if you have a sales team, roll it out to them. It's super, super useful for small, medium, large-sized businesses. Get started with GoToWebinar today. Go to webinar.com is the place to go. That's it. Go to webinar.com. Go check them out. Thanks to them for supporting this episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Pray for Mojo. <laughs> Is that Powerpuff Girls? Simpsons. Remember when he gets the helper monkey? Oh. <laughs> I can't wait to eat that monkey. Uh, uh, we could do a couple one, one, a couple quick comic things. I bought a couple of comics you recommended. Oh, my God. And by the way, mm-hmm. Annie Wu. Annie Wu. I am obsessed with her stuff now. Oh, she does a nice face, doesn't she? She's amazing. Her faces. You could just have a whole book about how expressive her faces are. It's just, I, I don't, nice clean she, lines, super clean lines. I remember she did the the Hawkeye stuff. She at one point, yeah, she took over David Aha's. She basically she would do the Kate issues, and uh, and David and other people would do the Clint issues. And she really developed that personality, you know, when she went out to the West Coast. So cool because I didn't really Let's put, put her in notes. I, I love her. I didn't really put together who she was until you mentioned her last week. And I went and Googled her after the show and just her art is just insane. Yeah. Really. Well, she's, she looks really young. Oh, look at that Hawkeye stuff. Oh, look at Kate. Oh, Katie, Kate. What a great face. Yeah. So I bought what's funny. Is I, so I bought the uh, first trade of Tokyo Ghost and the first trade of Black Science. And uh, they both look really good. Um, <clears throat> Tokyo Ghost is Rick Remender. Uh, Sean Murphy and is that Matt Hollingsworth? Man, that guy's everywhere. Um, so yeah, Sean Murphy, dude. Wow, this thing is gorge, gorge, gorge. Really cool. So Sean Murphy looking. But what's funny is I, the first one I started to crack was Black Science, which looks great. And the funny part was as soon as I opened Black Science, I had a I had a a feeling go over my body that you know what I really need to go back and finally read Fear Agent. So I've set these two aside. They're right here. I have them. I purchased them with money, but I'm actually reading Fear Agent now. And boy, do I recommend it. Wow, is that a good comic? Fear Agent. Fear Agent by Rick Remender and let's see. Oh, also, by the way, your boy, uh, yeah, it was your uh, Tony Moore, does it? My boy? Your boy from uh, the first six Walking Deads. Oh, Tony Moore. Tony Moore. Put Tony Moore. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he also okay. did the Deadpool. He did the uh, did the uh, the president's uh, Deadpool. Well, that's cool. He oh, did. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, with Brian Posehn and Jerry Duggan. Hmm. 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 Anyway, comics are great, and we are just under two hours. Mm. So, we should probably go. Yeah, we can do that. Is there anything else we left out of this one? Oh, I got a nice email that we didn't mention. I'll mention that last time. I think that's enough for now. I think two hours is probably enough, don't you think? I think so. This made me think of you. What what you're sending now? (laughs) That's got to be our title. That's so great. Hold on. Where is it? Which one are you sending? uh, Let's button this up. All right. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) I love you too, Merlin, man. Oh,